The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter, you can find me at News News Need on Twitter, you can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! And there's a new Biggie Funko Pop coming out, baby, baby. Yes. Which I kind of don't like. I don't know why they, they got them looking kind of. Why they got them there's a cool statue out. coming out, though. Right. Are you talking about I don't Andy know if you saw that. I'm t- uh, are we talking about the same one where he's sitting on the throne? No. Uh, it's a white yeah, seat. I'm talking about the statue. Okay, no, no, no. I hadn't seen that. You might have to send me a link to that. Um, no problem. But no, it's a, it's a it's Funko of him in a white suit, and he just looks sad. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, I haven't seen that. Yeah. I think we... I can, well, maybe not. Um, I don't think I have it in the, in the show notes. But anyway, that's, that's for later. Uh, folks, this is the Combo Chronicles. You can find this here podcast on... Uh, the Coles Leather Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast virtual place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. P- Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or the Coles Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And you can also find us uh, recording live every Thursday night. Um, 9.30-ish p.m. on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation and also uh, twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and the notification bell. Thank you. You'll. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I did. I just pulled up that the, the biggie suit in white. Yeah, that's kind of weird looking because it's not like a true bobblehead. Right. So that's that. That's kind of weird. I'm going to look up the, uh, the the statue now. So go on. All right. Proceed. Yes. So well, we're just going to proceed in saying that um, we are going to start off this here program by talking about the season finale of uh, What If, uh, which is episode nine on Disney Plus. Yes. And I was uh, while you're still looking at that up, I will say that. Uh, it, it's called what if the watcher broke his oath which is kind of funny because that's not necessarily a what if that's just stuff that, that that's just something that has happened in comic books on occasion right and you know what's funny i'll tell you that uh when i saw the title to this 
my gut said they should have saved this for the introduction of the FF or the introduction of Galactus, depending on how they play it. Mm-hmm. But this also sets the stage for it happening again. Yes. So mm-hmm. there is definitely uh, there's definitely precedent now for the Watcher to uh, step in if uh, if if he deems it necessary. So right. you know we all know, or at least I hope we all know, if you're a fan of this show, the original uh, coming of Galactus story and the introduction of the Silver Surfer, uh, wherein uh, Uatsu the Watcher breaks his oath to not interfere and does interfere so that uh, the FF can obtain, uh, you know, the ultimate nullifier. So, you know, spoiler alert for a very old comic book. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wonder that. And also, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wonder, like, well, one, it would depend on whether Jeffrey Watcher would do it. But also... Um, like, would they start putting the Watcher into the MCU properly? Like, outside of what if? I, I mean, mm-hmm. I doubt it. Because, uh, like, he would have definitely, we would have seen him, you know, when the, the when uh, Thanos uh, snapped folks. If, if uh, or at least somewhere prior to it, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we would have seen him before now, but before they did this. But I'm kind of wondering if they're going to start just kind of inserting him in. It's like... They could very well make him the narrator if they, if they wanted to do that. I mean, granted, that's a you know, that's a light use of Jeffrey Wright, but still. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what's funny is that they're they're probably going to end up doing the Thanos treatment, where Jeffrey Wright will be on set and it'll be his face, but they'll be you know they'll transform it so that it'll be a gigantic head. Right. You know, right. so that's how they got Josh Brolin to do it. It was a lot of mocap for the facial expressions and then they just put CG around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they could, like I said, but with that kind of depends on whether they are actually going to do something like that or not. And mm. kind of relegate him to, or relegate this to the what ifs. This is Tom Joyner. Even in the toughest of times, Ooh, the that's me. HBCU yeah. spirit will all... Sorry about that. <laughs> I was, because I found, I found a link and shout out to the HBCU spirit. Yeah. Um, I found a link to the uh, the company that's doing this. Um, uh, yeah, this Biggie statue. So I am going to. Apparently, it's a Instagram dot com link. So I'm going to send this over to Roddy Cat because it's going to be on display at New York Comic Con this week. Okay, and I will put <laughs> uh, that in the show notes. So I'm going to send over this link to Roddy Cat now, and he can have a peek at the. You know, you just have to scroll down uh, once you click it because you see what you see in the Instagram image is like the back. But if you scroll down for some more posts from this uh, Scartoccio, right? As maybe I'm not I, I'm not sure um, what you know. I have to look into that. Oh yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, not the red man one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was about to say, oh, cool, it's on there, but that's, the, that's just the pedestal of the song. For folks watching the, the video version of uh, the podcast, uh, as a real quick aside, let me just go ahead and pop this over here. There you go. So y'all can see that real quick. Oh, okay, so the art, so the, the sculptor, I guess, is Stephen Cartaccio, and this is done for uh, Concrete Jungle Studio. Okay. Interesting, interesting. I'm gonna have to look into this when I get to the con. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, yeah, pre-order info is coming soon for this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of cool looking. Um, that said, the Red Man one also is kind of kind of cool. But uh, yeah, we all. Yeah. All right. So sorry for that little detour, folks. Uh, we're going to get back to talking about uh, what if season one, episode nine. Yep, yep. So, um, so basically, this is a direct follow up to episode eight, which is, uh, you know, which is where we, you know, which is uh, the episode in which we saw Ultron basically, um, you know, do the Tears for Fears song times a million billion. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world as a, but instead it's everyone wants to rule the universe and all of reality. And, uh, uh, the watcher has now, you know, made the decision to interfere and, uh, is recruiting not a group of, uh, universal Avengers, but spoiler alert here. So I'm just going to ring the spoiler bell because we're going to tread very lightly in the spoiler territory. But if you do not want to be spoiled, just bear that in mind and uh, maybe want to fast forward a little bit or just do the la 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 when we start talking about it. So here we go in three, two, one. All right. So uh, the, the watcher essentially is gathering the guardians of the multiverse and basically goes through different, the different realities uh, that we have visited uh, the different uh, what if realities that we visited over the course of the first eight episodes of this series to uh, pick up a rather intriguing group of characters. Uh, most of them are the protagonists of their respective stories. And that's what kept us from seeing maybe Carol Danvers being picked because she wasn't the pro, you know, she wasn't the main protagonist in any of the episodes that we saw her in. Instead, what we got was Party Thor. And in my opinion, that was a great choice because that gave Chris Hemsworth a lot of space to really do some uh, comedic uh, voice work acting. Um, you know, we also got uh, Captain Carter. We got um, we got uh, Michael B. Jordan as uh, 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 Njadaka, um, the uh, the Killmonger version of Black Panther. Uh, we got uh, T'Challa as Star Lord. We got Gamora in a heretofore unforced, uh, un- unseen uh, role as the, the 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 killer of Thanos and ally of Tony Stark. And what I what I heard was that this was the this was she was going to be in the dropped tenth episode. Correct. So, or what would have been the ninth episode, and this would have been the tenth episode. Right. So. Like COVID, COVID kind of put a put the kibosh on that one. So I, that's what it would sound like. We might end up seeing that one in season two, from right. rumors, but not sure. Right. And uh, am I missing anyone? Uh, let's see. Among uh, the cast, I you know I got Thor, well, I got sure. uh, Gamora. Because yeah. somebody else gets added. Oh, Doctor Strange, yeah, Doctor Strange Supreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Doctor Strange Supreme character. You know, and he proves to be a pivotal character in this whole thing. You know, he basically keeps everybody alive. Oh, and we get um, and a Black Widow who's capably voiced by Lake Bell, because a lot of the times I thought I was hearing Scarlet anyway. Did you? Hmm. Just just for just for the last part of uh, of this episode, I thought during her episode with Clint, it sounded less like ScarJo, but I thought in this episode more than the others, it sounded more like her. You know, it was very subtle, 
Right. You know, it's a very subtle difference, and you could tell why they chose her voice acting to to cut to uh, to step in place of Scarlett Johansson. Right. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Give, we give Ross Marquand. Listen, Mar- Ross Marquand can do a lot of great impressions, but unfortunately, what he can't do is really do a good impression of either Agent um, uh, Agent. Uh, uh, you know, he can't do a, a. Oh God, was it Agent Smith from the from the Matrix? Oh, no, he did all right. Well, yeah, because he was doing, he did, uh, he played, um, uh, the Red Skull. The Red Skull. Right. On his Red Skull West wasn't Planet. that good. Um, his Ultron is, eh, you know? So, yeah, let, and, yeah. and, 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 yeah, like, I, you know, he can do a lot of good impressions, but he's not pulling off the best impressions here. And they probably told him not to do an impression, just to do some sort of robotic kind of voice. Right, so I feel like his his Red Skull was more passable in in uh in the movie than definitely his Ultron here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I wasn't really missing uh Jane Spader's uh version of Ultron. You know, I like Spader, but I'm like, and eh, that's what that was a weird. Yeah, that Ultron that was a bit weird. I yeah. agree. So I am I in agreement with that. Him. So, but getting back to getting back to the uh, the episode. Uh, you know, so so all these folks are picked up from various points in their timelines. We actually get a little bit of Captain Carter versus Batroc at the beginning. We get uh, T'Challa, Star Lord, actually fighting with Peter Quill, who uh, who's trying to save from the clutches of Ego, who, who is still voiced by. Wait, hold on. Uh, he's still voiced by um by uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ego, yes, 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 you were saying. No, I was saying who who um, apparently Peter could see the Watcher, which I guess he was more corporeal in that in, at that time than because there was because during this whole thing when people was like, do you see that? And certain people were seeing certain wasn't, but it would depend on whether how corporeal the Watcher made himself right. to be known. Right. To yeah, that's people. definitely one aspect to it. You could also say that um, Quill is part celestial. Well, yeah, so maybe that's also true. More too, attuned yeah. to that, you know. Maybe he is more attuned to that. So, that's but uh, moving on, you know, we get, um, you know, we get Gamora getting uh, pulled away from uh, Tony Stark, where they're working on building an Infinity Gauntlet, of all things. Well, I thought they were melting it down, not not um, not making it. I thought they were pulling it out of the thing, out of the. It was going down into the uh, the the thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe I got it backwards. Yeah. Because gotcha, I, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, okay, so they, you're right. So, because that brought up the question of like, so did they already have, uh, so did Thanos already commission it already, or was this already something that was in the, I don't know, I saw a theory that was like, well, it could have been Odin who had, a, who had it commissioned. Right. But at the end nah. of the day, in this in this universe, Gamora wins, and, and, and spoiler alert, again, mild spoiler, they've already crushed all the gems. Right. So, or the stones. So... <laughs> Uh, they they might as well just get rid of the gauntlet while they're at it, right. but um, but uh, you know they 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 pick uh, the watcher picks up Killmonger who is moments away from being confronted by both Shuri and Pepper and a group of Dora Milaje, and uh, finally we get to Party Thor getting pulled, mm-hmm. um, uh, getting pulled in as we were talking about earlier, screaming and yelling as uh, as as Thor and and part of me when I was watching this was thinking. Thor is saying, have at you, have at you. I'm like, no, it's have at thee, have at thee, have at thee. Come on, Marvel. Right. Give us what we want. Right. 
Also, a little I, bit of old English goes a long way, and right. not the malt liquor. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I find it kind of funny. Is like this is one of the probably only what if episodes where Stark doesn't die, but also that whole "not you Stark" line was kind of funny. Right. Um, right. 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 Oh, that is a good point. That's a good point. So, but uh, you know, getting back to the uh, getting back to the story. The, uh, the the group is, is is brought together in a pub of all places that is uh, familiar to Captain Carter, and that's where uh, the Watcher lays out the plan and dubs them the Guardians of the Multiverse. Which and hold that hold that thought real quick. Hold that thought because because that actually goes back to something I was thinking about. So I know when we've been talking about them putting this together, I've been saying not that this minute makes a big difference after all. I've been saying Multiversal Avengers, and they've been saying Guardians of the Multiverse this whole time when they've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that is, so this is not a new thing that that that's what the name that that's what's been going around when they've been talking about it uh, in leading up to this. So and like somebody said, like yeah, that would have been a great reveal if they hadn't been talking about it, which is why I bring it up. If they hadn't been talking about what the name was going to be, that would have been a pretty decent, pretty cool reveal of the name had they not already put it out there. Right. Anyway, continue. Uh, you know, you can pick up if, if you want from here. Um, so yeah, so, so they're all in the pub and Thor tries to leave. Well, the watcher's like, I need you. This and that and another, this, you have a great purpose. You have a glorious purpose. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, and almost try and tries to lay that out, lay it out. And party Thor's like, well, uh, no, this is not for me. I'm out and leaves. And then the crows and Dr. Strange's like, I wouldn't do that. And then we come to find out that, Hey, he's in the, um, um, we still in that, um, that pocket dimension that strange makes for himself. Uh, but then basically they're like, they're in, they draw up the plans, you know, and they try to put it in, in the, um, they put it in motion or go to prepare to put it in motion until party Thor, <laughs> who to his credit says like, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a, he's great at causing, a, um, uh, causing the, the diversion or being, uh, making himself being seen basically. And uh, which puts basically prematurely puts the plan in action. There's a big knockdown drag out fight between them and Ultron. Right. He shouts out a great, great battle cry, too. Yeah, you got to love it. We won't we won't tell you what it is. But if you've seen his episode and, and think about uh, that, which actually goes not to think about it, going back to his episode and like given where they left off the episode and where they picked him up here, I was like, okay, I mean, yes, it makes sense, but at the same time, I was like, well, why wasn't it in the same place? But, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it could have moved, so that's that's me nitpicking and stuff. But regardless, the, it, was a, it was a pretty good fight, you know, with everybody. But it also, um, it got to a point to where they got to a, well, they got to a certain point, and then we see another figure from, from one of the, uh, from, I guess, well, from last episode, actually, come back into play, and that being um, Natasha Romanoff uh, from that world's, well, wait, because that was the thing that kind of confused me, because were they on that world, they never really said, because they basically said, it was like, yeah, there's no life here. But they never really said that this was the the world that Natasha No, I think, that, I think once they I think once they landed, right. I think they all they all uh, recruited her. They all recruited Nat, 
and then well, no, she just kind of came in after the after the they they had pretty much gotten the soul gem from from Ultron, that and point, then that's when she came. Oh, in. and he's following. That's right because uh, because uh, because they had summoned. Um, which we'll call it. That's right. So, so yeah. So this is where the Black Widow comes into play. Right. You know, she wasn't mentioned in that initial recruitment uh, recruitment uh, drive because uh, she doesn't come into the episode up until this point. Oh wait, and there was yeah, because yeah, they were on a world where that didn't have any life. And then when he came, when Ultron came and fought them, they left after dropping a bunch of zombies and and uh, zombie Scarlet Witch on them, and then they left right. in a portal. That's what that that yeah. yeah that's that's the step that we were missing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, as as, as Roddy Cat uh, said in his recap, you know, things are not going that great. You know, we do get a, a couple of really great uh, fight scenes here, which is the, the 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 majority of this episode is a bunch of great fight sequences. Mm-hmm. We do get um, T'Challa stealing the Soul Stone right from uh, Ultron's chest mm-hmm. because he's uh, got sticky fingers. <laughs> you know, shout out to Onyx. Um, <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, what, what ends up happening is that they, they, they try to, um, you know, well, getting back to uh, 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 transporting themselves to the Black Widow's world, they're trying to uh, take out the gem and the Black Widow kind of interrupts them. But then, uh, as, as Radikam mentioned, Ultron catches up with them once he's apparently dealt with the Scarlet Witch. Which apparently was a shock to her, <laughs> but um, <laughs> right when that happened. So yeah, so he ended up following them. They ended up on what we come to find out is um, uh, the world that Black Widow was from from last uh, episode, and the fight continues there. Um, after a, I wouldn't necessarily call it a standoff, but you know, being that the the person that was more familiar with us uh, with. Uh, or Black Widow, or her own Black Widow was uh, Captain Carter. You know, she was mm-hmm. the one to kind of to, to to smooth things over on that point, and then the fight started again, um, which led to you know not to give it away, and because we you know we're just kind of going broad strokes with this, went to a point point, but then ended up um, not the the plan didn't work out the way they thought it was because they forgot one crucial thing about the the Infinity Stones. Put it that way. Right. So, which led to the fight continuing again, but they found another. Um, they found another method to. Well, I, another method presented itself thanks to one of the characters who we knew was going to do something. <laughs> you know, because of course, because we that was just the fishiest. That was the fishiest candidate of all the candidates. Exactly. So we was like, well, wait a minute. This is a, exactly because even when I saw that, I was like, wait, why did they even choose this person? Like that doesn't make any sense. Oh, got it. Because they did what you would do expected them to do, and apparently, uh, this is where the um, the episode kind of takes a turn because they ended up dealing with one thing and then have to deal with another thing, but then something else from the episode 8 comes back into play uh, in the form of Arnim Zola, which we got a a kind of a, uh, we end up getting a, a kind of a classic Arnim Zola, Zola um, look in a look in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I have legs again! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh god, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, we didn't, we don't have the little TV box head on the top, but that's fine. I mean, on, on them, but that's fine. It worked out." So I'm like, "I like the, with that, that nice little touch." So then that ended up going into another um, 
another thing which in, ends up getting taken care of because one character is like oh wait this was not it wasn't supposed to go this one way it's supposed to go another way and then you know character decides to uh, Doctor Strange you know um decides to oh, decides to um take care of the matter basically now I don't know about you I thought that whole uh, uh Shumagura thing was going to come more into play than it did well, they really ever introduced the how right. and the why of that. It's just a, a feature, mm-hmm. and we're we're almost certain, almost certain, to revisit that either in Multiverse of Madness or in the next What If series, What, what If season. Yeah, I would I would believe that because we do know there's a second season coming. So yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they, something has to come out of that with that. Uh, right, because too many of us recognize what it is, and most of us who do recognize it is probably from the Marvel versus Capcom than anything else. <laughs> you know, it's probably not from reading the comics. Right. So uh, there's too many of us that recognize that. So they're going to follow up on that eventually. Um, if you're if you're reading, if you were reading Savage Avengers, uh, that's true. You know, that's the the most recent place that they've shown. Well, and I guess technically, at some point. Uh, Doctor Strange, but yeah, definitely Strange. Uh, not Strange, got them. Um, Savage Avengers. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're correct. You're correct because I had I had I'd stopped keeping up with that for a while. So you're correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd forgotten about that. Which was um, did you get to uh, how this was ultimately resolved? Uh, I kind of brushed over it, but yeah. Okay. Um, so there's yeah. So we so we get to how it's resolved. We won't completely spoil it, but we do have to tell you that um, everyone kind of goes back to where they're where they're supposed to go. With one exception, uh, the Black Widow ends up going somewhere else. Right. Uh, to no, uh, the f- good folks to uh, watch the episode and see where that is. Mm-hmm. And there is, believe it or not, a mid credit scene. And that is a teaser for uh, the next season, we presume. Right. So I am very curious about that, the, 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 the scene before the end credit scene also, because where they dropped her... Is a very familiar, I'll, I'll say that, or a familiar-ish. It, it could very well still be a, um, you know, a, a, a splintered timeline and not the main one. No, well, yeah, what they did was, and uh, what where they took her is, and this is another spoiler, mild spoiler. They took her where, um, right, the events of Avengers twenty twelve don't necessarily follow the way they do. And there isn't a Natasha Romanoff to fight alongside the Avengers, right? Which we did see in one in, at the end of one episode. So they basically pretty much tied up all, relatively tied up all of the Lucians that that we saw from because we were saying in the last few ish, uh, last few episodes that, like, yeah, they have to pick up on some of the stuff, and they pre- did a pretty good job, I thought, you know, of kind of tying in some of that stuff that they um, that they kind of just threw in at the end of the of the episode. So, including that one. So, all in all, I, you know, I thought it was a pretty good. Um, and then, uh, like Agent Seventy said, with the uh, with the uh, mid credit scene, like they kind of opened up. Um, they technically kind of opened up another low, uh, another tie that's probably going to go into next uh, season. Right, and I wonder if it's going to be more Winter Soldier like than not. Yeah, I kind of wonder. I wonder if that's going to be the case, which would be heartbreaking, but definitely a twist that I can see coming. 
Right, but definitely, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a, a surprise if that was the case. You right. Know. All right, anything else on this? No, and like I said, it was a, it was a oh. pretty good episode, a pretty good uh, end of the season, and um, it didn't exactly, well, I mean, it kind of went the way we thought it was going to go, because we knew that the main thing we did know was that there was going to have this big uh, multiversal uh, team up group to come together, yeah, to come together. Where it goes from them, that that part was the part that I was thinking, like because I figured they was like they were going to keep them together, like the exiles. Mm. But that didn't happen, right? But chances right. are, and also I could have sworn that at the end of that it was like, well, you're going to go back to the exact point you left, but you're not going to remember it. But it seemed like Captain Carter kind of did. So that part was kind of a curious. Uh, to me, when she got back in, in, in Scarlet Witch, kind of, I mean, not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she definitely had some memory because of the way she greeted Natasha Romanoff. Right. So maybe they'll, uh, again, that'll be another thing that's addressed um, next season. And maybe they, they will end up bring, putting them back together. Maybe slightly sans Star Lord T'Challa. Like we don't, you know, at this point. Yeah. That would be sad. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Before we move on, because I, I I don't think we have anything on the on the on the agenda, hmm. anything else before we get to comics. I was wondering if you had heard anything because we, we did not do movie protocols last week, folks. For um, for Venom, yeah, let there true. be carnage, and some spoilers got out to me, and I listened to them ravenously. You know why? Because I do not feel like going to see this movie on my own. Fair. Um, I don't know what you heard. Um, I saw. I know I saw some a uh, friend of mine that saw it and said they liked it, but they were, you know, they they they're not. They don't have the same predisposition, the predisposition to not liking it than I do. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, listen. To each their own. Everyone has uh, different tastes, and and they they're looking for a different maybe flavor from uh the other superhero fair that's out there so there's nothing wrong with liking exactly you know the venom character or even the first venom movie you know more power to you i don't necessarily agree what i've heard is that this is not a good movie but it's a fun movie and that is that seems to be the general consensus and obviously what everyone is talking about is one of the mid-credit scenes yeah, I did. Yeah, I heard right. kind of. And like, we're not going to spoil everything. Of it. Right? We're not going to spoil it. It's too soon. Yeah. You know, it's only a week, we're only a week out, but it does have ramifications. Yeah. And maybe we'll wait another week to talk about it. Maybe Roddy Cat will listen to a couple of spoiler filled things or read a couple of spoiler filled things. But I've listened to a couple of podcasts now that have gone in great detail. As to what the uh, the mid credit scene was, and it's giving me some food, you know, some food for thought. Mm-hmm. I believe there is an honest trailer out for it, and I thought for about two se- uh, two seconds to watch that because I was like, because just like you, I'm like, yeah, Wait, don't okay, see for the second movie. I believe so. Yeah, I think All so. Right. Maybe I'm going to be. Yeah, I know. Now we're not to to the YouTubes. To the YouTubes. So we're double checking now, folks, to see if what Roddy Cat says is true. Because I could have sworn I saw something on Honest Runner, John Cruise. Or maybe not. Okay, maybe not. That's okay. I'm not going to, you know. 
because the last thing I thought I saw was Visions. And I was like, wow, they already did one for, for, for Venom 2? Right. That's really quick. Well, it's been out a week, so they've had time to do something. But yeah, I guess it also depends on what they were going off of. Because, you know, because at this point, it's not on home release. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and and, oh, wait, and they usually screen wait. Screen Junkies is generally good about not doing these um, uh, the honest trailers Correct. for current you know stuff that's in the theaters. They usually do it for when it's on home release. So maybe not see the new rock stars. There's that one. I did see that one also, but you know maybe I didn't see the. Uh, yeah, it might have been the first one. You might have circled back to watch the first one. You know the 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 screen. The, the honest trailer for the first Venom movie. But I like I said, up, before we move on, I just wanted to recap what we what we just mentioned, uh, that there is, in fact, uh, a pretty pivotal mid-credit scene uh, uh, at the end of the Venom, uh, There Will Be Carnage, uh, or Let There Be Carnage. Yes. Yeah, Let There Be Carnage. Venom, Let There Be Carnage movie that is out now, currently in theaters, um, I don't know if Roddicat or myself will be going to watch this anytime soon. So I was uh, I was more than happy to take in the spoiler information and let that percolate because I think, like a lot of people who I've listened to talk about this movie over the last several days, um, I would be in agreement with those who said that that was more exciting than the rest of the movie. So Which I feel like it's probably not that hard to be. Right, 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 right. So ultimately, you know, in my, you know, for 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 my from my perspective, from my point of view, I'm 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 more than happy to hear that spoiler and 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 let that sink in and and see how we're going to be playing out because it does have a greater ramification, uh, a greater a greater uh, a greater uh, scope of ramifications for the Sony Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's really uh, the the big thing. And, and you know, Radhika and I will talk about this off the air after we after we end the show. But this is something that we're going to spare our listeners and viewers tonight because it is, as I said, as we said, a little bit soon after the release of the movie. So we're going to move on to books this week. So let us transition. <laughs> Over to the comic books that we're going to review this week, and we're going to lead off with Amazing Spider-Man number 75, the first issue in a new era of Spider-Man. Where have we heard that before? Mm, Main story. The main story is written by Zeb Wells, with art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite Paisan, who's also going to be at New York Comic Con this weekend. I may actually go to see him. And, and, and tell him he's our favorite Python. There are two backup stories. The backup backup story number one is written by Kelly Thompson with art by Travel Foreman and colors by uh, Jim Campbell. Uh, the backup, the, the second backup story is written by Zeb Wells with art by Ivan Fiorelli and uh, colors by Edgar Delgado. Both the backup stories plus the main story are lettered by VCs Joe Caramagna. So, as we said, this is the start of a new era in Spider-Man. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're probably going to delve a little bit deeper into spoilers in this. Although Marvel has been 
uh, laying out a lot of its ideas as to where the story is going to be going. But there are a few things that we find out in this issue. And I'm going to ring the spoiler bell if you want to walk into this fresh. And I would suggest that you read the note to the to the readers that's written by uh, Niccolo at the end of the book. Uh, that talks about the creators as well as the uh, as well as the schedule that this book is going to be going on. So I'm going to ring the bell in three, two, one. Do the la 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 if you hear something uh, that you don't want to uh, be spoiled by. Okay, so um, we get a little flashback, and 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 Roddy Cat is was right to remind me that we're coming off of a storyline where Spider-Man is brought to the brink of defeat and possibly death. He's literally being beaten to death by uh, Kindred and Kindred 2 and a bunch of Sinister Sixes and squads, Sinister Squadrons and all these other uh, uh, villains. You know, basically his entire rogues gallery has come out on top of, in in addition to uh, the Kindred storyline to... Um, yeah, everybody but the Green Goblin, really. Uh, uh, they all jump out to, to to beat up and beat down on Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man, and this issue starts with him being hale and hearty, not a soup, but hale and hearty. And the the crux of this story, the crux of this arc, what we find out is a 19 issue run, which takes us. At three issues per month, roughly six months and an issue, right? Six months and maybe two weeks or a week, six months and a week, right? Give or take if they, if they stay timely, right? That's a six. So, so we're going from October through, so we're including October, November, December, January, February, March, right? So this storyline is probably going to be ending in roughly March of 2022, and the storyline I'm talking about is this beyond story. And if you've been listening to our uh, our show and looking at solicitations, you know that uh, again, I rang the spoiler bell, but if you hear this and you don't want and, and you don't want to be spoiled, la 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 and 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 fast forward, Ben Riley is going to be taking over the mantle of Spider-Man. and this issue uh, basically hits you right in the face with it because, Peter Parker's hit right in the face with it as Ben Riley is swinging by in a in a modified uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man suit, and it's modified in more ways than one. Yep. And what ends up happening is that the that that ben, it, what ends up happening is that after uh, Ben incapacitates Peter and gets away, he uh, goes to confront Peter Parker on the on the uh, on, on the uh, the grounds of the Empire State University campus. And ask them to, uh, you know, ask them to uh, get some coffee or get a drink. And what we get is a rundown in just two pages. It's literally a two-page or four-page sequence Mm -hmm. of just talking heads where we get the explanation as to how, why, and under what, and and for what purpose Ben Riley is doing what he's doing. Right, so this is basically setting up the the whole beyond, like uh, Agent Seven Seven, the whole beyond storyline that that Ben Riley's kind of taking. For, for, uh, and I will go ahead and say, um, just to kind of get some stuff out of the way, we apparently Ben Riley's going to get a, his own book in January. 
So right. I guess he's going to have two books up until the end of this uh up until the end of this thing. I'm not or the storyline. So we will not have seen the last of Ben Riley, I guess, uh coming out of this the stint he's doing in Amazing. Sounds like excuse me. Uh but also um yeah, it, it basically, it basically, I guess, in certain small ways, like this is kind of sets up the fact that hey, people forget that Ben Riley is a, is a Peter Parker clone, and that there are, are many similarities between them because of right. So this kind of goes a a roundabout length to to kind of mention in that for for folks that don't know, you know, doesn't necessarily pick it up all all the way, but it definitely does give you enough to be like, okay, that's yeah, that's a thing. Right. So before we get into our real deep reactions to the book, essentially what ends up happening is that um, uh, uh, Peter, uh, you know, regroups, goes to talk to Mary Jane, but doesn't really get a chance to explain what's happened before he gets, uh, you know, gets notification on his phone that something's going down at ESU. And it turns out the UFOs are there and the UFOs um you know, can take down, you know, ha- have had uh, uh, lots of success with uh, uh, bringing down, if only temporarily, the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So the, this is a group of uh, uh, of villains that uh, Spidey is definitely, you know, punching above his weight class at. And uh, it turns out that he's not the first Spidey there. Ben Riley was there first. And uh, the two of them try to take on the UFOs, and it goes badly. Right. But there are hints that not all is as it seems with the UFOs attacking ESU. Not all is as it seems because uh, it seems that Ben Riley's Spider-Man suit is a little bit better prepared to take on foes like the UFOs. Right, and that is and, thanks to that is good because I don't think we mentioned this part because that is thanks to what we found out earlier in the uh, in the uh, issue that Ben Riley is working for the Beyond Corps and they gave him a new suit with that has all these gadgets that basically you might as well say is is pretty much one of his suits from from Spider Man the video game because some of that stuff that he was doing felt like it was stuff from the video game which is kind of funny to me. Right, but also seems, uh, let's say finely tuned to take on the ufos yes right so you know what's on you know what sound effect that has uh connected to it right so like i said not everything is as it seems but what ends up happening uh is and i love roddy cat's reactions to this so i'm going to hand it off to him as soon as i talk about this <laughs> spidey gets caught in uh, basically a, a radioactive blast. It's almost like a tactical nuke, you know, some sort of blast, which, again, Ben Riley Spider-Man is prepared for coincidentally by the Beyond Corporation, unquote. You know, here are my air quotes. You can see it if you're watching the video. Um, and that is where the story leaves off. And that is where we've seen, if you've been following solicitations, where we find the next issue picking up right after. So I will let Roddy Cat take this from here. Right. So we, so the last, oh. um, the, the whole last arc, uh, uh, the whole thing led up to the fact that we knew Ben Riley was going to take over. We felt going into this, 
well, up until we saw the last couple of issues of uh, of, uh, of Amazing, that oh, well, clearly he's going to get messed up by all of these people in near death. Um, uh, by all the basically his whole rose gallery coming after him and getting getting messed up, and that was even before the right. fight with Ken. Yeah, this is basically like Nightfall. If you know, shout out to uh, Batman, right? You know, and and John Paul Valley taking over, right? That's and, what we thought. Right, exactly. So we were thinking, okay, and we even saw covers. Even I think even the last cover was, or not even the last cover, the cover before that was like him in the hospital, or you know, and, and merging the by, by side. Da, da, da. So there was no reason to believe that that wasn't going to be what's happening. No, at the end of that, as we said last last uh, week, no, he's fine. He's you know he's just swinging along. His his apparently his spider uh, healing factor, you know, you know got him got him got him squared away on that. Cut to this. To where he and Ben Riley's fighting, and like Agent Seven said, his suit was ill prepared for where Ben Riley's was, you know. And to be fair, partially it was Ben Riley's fault that that it happened to because he was like, well, you know, the thing that set off the, the 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 nuke, he was prepared for, but even didn't think he didn't think about it when he did what he did and whatever. Um, and Peter kind of caught the caught the brunt of it. So this seems to be what the thing was that gets him laid out. Um, uh, potentially for, you know, the the rest of this beyond uh, a story arc, and I'm seeing here right, like, at least the majority of the yeah, at least the majority of the arc, presumably. Right. This like, is what basically takes Peter Parker off the table for a exactly. little bit. Exactly. So I'm sitting here like, you mean to tell me they had a perfectly good and viable reason for them to take him off the table in the last arc? And then they turn around and be like, no, it's a, it's a radioactive cloud or whatever the case that, that takes about that. That was partially been, you know, Ben Riley's fault. Like, that's dumb. Like, I was like, really? Now, again, we still don't know. Like, uh, like we don't, we, we know at the end of this, like, yeah, we clearly Peter is in bad shape at, at the end of this. But he was in bad shape before this. <laughs> they didn't have to do this in order for for that to happen you know because if we could you know some of the some some of the same and, and, and you know i'm not a writer well I, i'm not a writer but you know I, and i can't tell them what to do apparently somebody signed off on this and i'm sitting here like they didn't necessarily have to do this but clearly whatever the case may be this is what it did so it is what it is right okay so uh so we get to the end of this story uh, the backup stories, um, the that first backup the, story, which I thought was, was interesting. The best one, exactly. I'm sorry, you, what did you say? Now, I, was, I was going to say, just like you did, like that's probably the most interesting story up until Ben Riley shows up. That was the, that was the most interesting story in this uh, in this issue, right? Because it involves the daughters of the dragon, mm-hmm. and I was very curious as to the relationship between. The Daughters of the Dragon and Ben Riley. Yeah, that one kind of struck me too. Because like, wait, did they actually have any interactions? Maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, it's possible because you know Ben Riley was a was a major figure for a while, so it's possible. Right. Spoiler alert! Again, I think I read this in a solicitation or in an article, but I think the Daughters of the Dragon put Ben Riley through his paces to become to take over the role of Spider Man. I think that's what ended up happening. Okay. But I was wondering if you knew if Ben Riley had any sort of relationship with the Daughters of the Dragon, either member, up until this point. They made it sound like... Actually recognize him through his mask. Right. Yeah, specifically Misty, which... Because uh, even when they were they were fighting, I think that, that I assumed that was his voice they heard that, that kind of chimed in. 
I assume he was watching the fight. Um, it made it sound like he definitely had uh, some some relation to Misty. Right. Or it's both right, of them. Right. Just, I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil it that far. Well, That's why I said yeah, either but, one of them. Well, yeah, but, but, the, but, is, but, but clearly he knew both of them. I mean, they knew right. both of them, but one of them maybe possibly if that if that was the whole thing. But to answer your question, right. no, I did not know if that was the case. Right, so that, I wasn't sure if that spanned back to the previous clone song. Right, which is which we can almost assume possibly has, but we don't. Or that could be something right. that might have been retconned in at some point. All right. Wait a second. Isn't Misty in space with uh, Iron Man? Ding, 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 ding. That's where it's from. That's where it's from. Oh, yeah. That's where they know each other. Okay, granted, but... Mm, Well, they haven't set that up, but yeah, I guess that could be the case. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. Mm, Yeah, well, there you go. We, We may have possibly solved the mystery, but that seems... But the way that, like I said, the way that backup story had it set up that made it sound like he might have... They there might have had some like they might Dealing. have dealings. I don't know, but it but seems it, like it maybe maybe that Iron Man book is, is is playing you know that the, the storyline in that Iron Man book is playing out here a little right. bit. But that wouldn't make sense. Well, then the only thing, the only problem with that is that Colleen seemed like he knew also. She knew also, so I don't know where that comes into play because she was. Oh, there. I mean, we don't know. We you know this is just speculation. We're, yeah, we're but no, we're, but we're coming up with. But right, we're trying to come up with a no prize here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and good fans of the uh, the Comfort Chronicles. Um, you know, we're trying to come up with a no prize here, and you know, I think we've come up with a good, reasonable yeah, explanation, right? And yeah, still ongoing, but 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 ultimately, what we have uh, in the third, um, the third backup story, the second backup story, the third story in the book. Mm-hmm. Is just a, a, a tale of um, the uh, the the psychiatrist in um, in uh, Ravencroft, I think, right? Yes. Is that the main psychiatrist that's there that we've been kind of following here and there the for one, um, uh, some yeah, of the these big storylines with Otto? Right. Uh, the one that I think that's the one that that is definitely the one that Osborne has been was at the at the in the middle of uh, the last arc. Or the last right, story. right, right, right. That's right. the same one. So uh, yeah, maybe the same one that was dealing with Otto, but I can't remember. But definitely Osborne had the, uh, was 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 with her. No, you're correct. You're correct. You're correct. Okay, so um, oh, excuse me. Um, uh, so what is your feeling on the very beginning of this story to arc? I will tell you that. I honestly wanted to punch Ben Riley in the face multiple times during that entire exchange. During that entire exchange, I wanted to punch him in the face. Well, and I, I, I'm presuming that's the feeling that they want people to have because it's really curt. It's really short. You know, they try to make him out to be reasonable, but he's a clone. Right. It's like, well, look at it from my perspective. I'm a clone, so I have the same feelings as you. Right. I'm like, what? I'm like what? <laughs> they so they did kind of um, they did got the feel of old Ben Riley because he kind of came off that same way back when he was the the major figure and 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 even in the last couple of times we've seen him prior to this, uh, minus the Iron Man stuff, it's like yeah they don't really they try to make him kind of sympathetic but not really. Uh, that being said though, like 
I kind of agree with you with the punching into the face, but also I'm like, wait, did you even have to go through that whole thing in the beginning? Like, what was that even about? Like, oh, yeah, I just went to this one place that we both know about because we have the same memories to do the same thing. But, you know, I had to run away from you because like that, like, I mean, the reasoning at the end of it was kind of like, okay, that makes sense because they could be watching stuff. But still, I'm sitting here like that could have been a better way to handle that. And yes, like you said, that whole exchange was like, he was basically was like, I'm going to do this whether you, th- whether you like it or not. And I'm saying like, yeah, okay, really? Yeah, That's gonna make seriously. You, make you real right. uh, so, popular. You know, and, and obviously uh, as the, you know, as the attorney on the panel, I could hear the lawyers in the background say, you know, we don't want you to contact anyone who might have held, previously held the, the, the rights and the names to Spider-Man before, you know, right. before, before the Beyond Corporation. I'm like, good Lord, is that what we all sound like? So, right, but that now that part right there was like okay, that was kind of silly, but also it was like okay, that that ties back to when Otto was was uh um had um had control of Parker Industries. So I was like okay, that's that makes somewhat reasonable sense, I guess. The Beyond Core. So I don't know if folks know the Beyond Core is is not necessarily the biggest figure in the Marvel universe. They've kind of cropped up at times, most notably, I want to say Next Wave. Um, and and a couple other times, but you know, them being behind this, you know, I guess we'll see what their ultimate goal is in doing all this. But this this also kind of harkens back to when Spidey, when Peter got that new suit, and he was working for Nora Nora Winters and them. I'm like, didn't they already kind of do something similar to this? Um, in, in that because he gets he you know he works with um he works with Nora and them and he, and he gets followed and gets monitored and all this kind of stuff like they're doing but this is kind of different outside of the fact that you know and he got some new toys to go with that but still you know he got people following him and you know yeah they set him up with a lot of money and, and whatever the case but you got a feeling that's going to end up turning bad just like you know <laughs> just like what happened to Peter maybe not in the same way. But I'm sitting here like we kind of did something like this, so I don't know. I can't imagine what what difference this is going to be outside of the fact that it's happening to Ben Riley, not Peter, and the fact that Peter's out of the way now. You right. know, yeah. So the Beyond Corporation is like a multiversal thing, you know. As Roddy Cat mentioned, you know, we saw them in the pages of Next Wave. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, what they, we don't know their ultimate goal in in the, all of this, but I assume we'll. People will find out whether Agent Seventy and I will stick to it uh, in, in, during that time because this is going to, uh, three times a month, um, and it's going to be going like, like you said earlier for the next couple of months. Who knows? Oh, six months. Six months. Six months. That's not a couple of months. That's oh, half a geez. year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, well, that's say, quite a I bit of time. Three months. What's that? I thought it was three months. No, um, nineteen issues, three issues a month. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's how I read it. You know, th- there's a there's a note from uh, the editor at the end of the book. Yeah, I didn't read that note. And it says it's a 19 issue. It's a 19 issue story. Gotcha. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to be doing uh, one shots like they were doing with um, Nick Spencer's run mm-hmm. that might be popping up in addition to three issues a month. Right. Which might make it go sooner. But, you know, three issues a month times six months, that's 18. Sure. I kind of, I guess it may depend on how well people receive this issue. I mean, these, because I feel like there was a couple of, 
there was a couple of those arcs that got giant sizes because of like you know people were like yeah we got to get this over with because the, the fans were kind of getting tired of this and we were um so i suspect if that's the case then if if there is any like giant size or one shot issues that that could be the case in speeding this along but chances are it probably won't and they'll try to let it go as it as it is We'll see. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, we'll probably stick to reading it, but I may not be pulling it right. for much longer because I'm not a fan of Ben Riley at all. Same. You know, I'd rather not read, you know, uh, the exploits of this particular character, right. and I may just have to hold hold it down just to see what's going on with Peter right. uh, until he's restored. We definitely, as we said, I think before the show, that next week's issue will definitely be, we will talk about that because we will both be reading that just to see how, you know, where, what, what happens, um, what happens in, in this next issue, basically. And whether what we said earlier about how they're getting rid of Peter, Peter's case, which is still dumb, but we got, you know, how they smooth that on out to, to transition being on in. Right. Is there an issue out next week? Yeah, I think it did say it's next week. Yeah, I'm just gonna double check on on uh, the solicitations just to see. Yes, you are correct, Amundo. They said it in the book. They definitely said it in the book. So, yeah, we're still getting out. We're still, you know, kind of transitioning out of that pandemic phase of we don't know when the next issue is coming out. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, look for it soon. Yeah. So yeah, number 76 is out next week along with Avengers 49. So we will see very soon what is going to be up with uh, Spidey and the Beyond Corporation. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Indeed. So on that note, uh, moving swiftly past that. Oh, Mortal Hulk 50 is out next week. Oh, ooh, at the end of an era. Ooh. Yeah. Again, we will be, we will be talking about that one for sure. Then next, yeah, week. um, indeed. So yes, let us move on to another book. Um, what? Actually, I don't think we did say. So we want to. Well, we have we only have three books in common this week. I did not get as much reading done this week. So that's true. Uh, um, Champions number ten. Yeah, speaking of books that are ending this week. Champions number 10 is written by Danny Lore, with art by Luciano Vecchio, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So um, continuing the theme of big corporations not necessarily having everyone's uh, good in- best interests at heart, um, this is the finale to the storyline um, Killer App. And... Uh, while the last issue found the, um, uh, what was it called? It was a variation on the superhero regist- the superhuman registration act. Oh, the Kamala Law, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember uh, there was a, a longer name for, it, but yeah, the Kamala Law, yeah. where um, the underage um, uh, superpower beings, it was un- you know they needed a uh, a mentor hero mm-hmm. to, to run around, and they had gotten that repealed. And, you know, we thought all's well that ends well last issue, but it turns out this issue, thanks to the, uh, the, the, the less than subtle suggestions and machinations of the, um, who, you know, the person that rocks on and, uh, um, the, someone who's kind of, um, 
adept at uh, manipulating uh, manipulating uh, hearts and minds and, and, and being, you know, kind of a, 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 a pseudo Zuckerberg. Yes, the the the, the Roxanne spin doctor, as it were. <clears throat> yes. Uh, Miriam that, Blackmire, I believe her name was. Um, yes, that that person uh, put 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 some uh, put some uh, put some uh, gears into motion, and uh, we end up having a, a big to do involving the champions, the main core of the champions roster mm-hmm. uh, against an old foe, apparently, but with new toys. Well. Is it wait? Is it on old foe? Because I mean that that well, fairly well. He well this this guy was supposed to be you know like a rehabilitated super criminal, wasn't he? Right, but it was from but that was a dude that was from the Iron Man twenty twenty thing. Like you, I think because you you had read that and it was with dealing with Riri. Right. So that was that's fairly recent. So not necessarily, but I mean that's semantic. It doesn't really matter because they, oh, you're you, correct. You're correct because I, I I remembered him more as like a as an opponent from the previous issue. So you're correct. Right. But yeah, he he runs amok. He uses sentinel. I mean, chaperones. Um, <laughs> right, a supposedly sentinel light. Yes, uh, with non-lethal uh, folks because he was basically like, "I'll show them. I'll show them all." And with some, after being, I guess, supposedly being fired uh, last issue. To which that's kind of funny because I didn't think of, I forgot about something of that until uh, the lady we just talked about came into play. But yeah, the cha- champions. Um, the champions end up battling these uh these, these giant robots and uh and behind the scenes this Miriam person and this uh, Andre dude who's controlling the robots um kind of have a talk and again she's good at what she does apparently because she you know she because <laughs> uh, the spin kind of goes out there and uh, at the end of it after the um, champions kind of fight and win you know win this whole the, the battle with these robots. Uh, after finding the flaw uh, of the of the robots, uh, you know they're sitting around, uh, which is the other good part of the bit. Chris Sparky, but anyway, that's beside the point. It's, um, you know they're they're talking, and meanwhile, this this um, you know this uh, this these other two people are, I guess, behind the scenes uh, dealing with the spin that happens because of. I mean that they they're. Basically, reveling in the, the spin that happens uh, because of that fight with Roxanne. Right, and 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 uh, this Miriam person is trying to uh, spin, literally spin what's happened into a more positive light, and she successfully does so, much to the consternation and de- and despair of the of the champions. Once this little mission is over, and they're regrouping, as as as, as Roddy Cat started to mention uh, by. Uh, Doing some of Viv, helping Viv with some of her chores with Sparky, mm-hmm. and you know the the story ends with uh, you know with the, the champions you know promising to get back together again if you know when the need arises, and there is a post credit um, you know like a a, a post credit stinger with um, uh, this Miriam lady and um, uh, Andre the, the the guy behind the robots you know so they're not. Uh, done with at all they're they're going to be coming back at some point right. but again this uh this issue was uh definitely commentary you know allegorical commentary on you know the state of many things uh in the world today you know the internet the effect of the internet on uh 
uh, on the minds of young people, which you know uh, these companies already know about. If you hadn't been uh, keeping up with the news, yep. And how much, how much uh, you know, and and corporations as well. So, exactly. you know, there's there's lots of you know this this is just another um, in a series of books that I read this week that had very similar um themes with regards to the evils of corporation this one was the evils of uh corporations that deal in social media mm-hmm. uh spidey was the one was uh, the evils of corporations dealing with intellectual property <laughs> i guess yeah yeah you know and uh i'll get to another book that uh roddy cat and i do not have in common this week uh that has um uh more corporate uh you know, more corporate uh, uh, missteps. Yeah. Anything else on Champions number 10? No, uh, seven, say, we are sad to say that it is ending with this issue and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see to see, we'll wait and see where this, uh, um, where this group of characters comes in next. Right. Yeah. I was saying before the, the show that like, I'm kind of sad to see this go. And because of the fact they had just changed creative teams uh, at the last part of this volume, uh, for this arc, and I was like, you know, I, we don't know what has caused this to be the case. I know there is something in the news about this, but whether I don't think it's going to shine any more light than we have at this point about why it's gone away or when it's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. But like, the, I, I enjoy, I've been to enjoy Champions, and I've enjoyed this arc. You know, even with the change in um, the creative team, because it was, you know, it was it was going to place. You know, don't forget there, whether they're whether this is all they had on their plate. Uh, as far as the story, or whether it got cut short for some odd reason, because we don't know of any event. Well, there are events going on right now, but I don't think the champions have anything to do with any of them. Um, so, you know, or they say low sales or something like that, which I doubt is the case, because I feel like they this this seems like they kind of knew they they were going to get to this point and stop it. Right. Um, right. Which may be another. Which may be an actual business decision where they're only going to go. 10 or 12 issues, right. you know, we've actually discovered, and I think Roddy Cat was the first to really um, uh, uh, put this per- particular idea forward, is that these trade paperbacks are now consisting of five issues, not six. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, they were six, and these runs would end traditionally around issue 12, so that there would be two six-issue um, volumes. Right. But now, I believe this Champions book is going to be collected into two five-issue trade paperbacks right and there are still still some trades that still come out with six or whatever the case may be it's just that yeah a lot of them definitely have been like five five issue arcs four or five issue arcs and you know and they right five issue arc then trade mm-hmm. you know that seems to be the pattern that we're getting now you know less for our money and uh what you know it's 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 a it's unfortunate and i'll tell you a couple things before we move on one um i really you know Maybe maybe I'm just getting old in the tooth, long in the tooth, old. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I, I was enjoying seeing these kids grow up in front of my eyes, yeah. and I want to see more of their stories. Um, you know, uh, it would be nice to see, and I think this is where Roddy Cat is going. Some of what he's getting at is, I would like to see an extended run with these with these uh, characters, and not have to start and restart. You know, there's nothing wrong with a couple of filler issues, exactly. you know, just so that we can get some continuity going. 
Right, exactly. And even at the, uh, the end of this issue, David says, like, yeah, we got a long time for, uh, since until we retire, you know, and basically setting up the fact that's like, yeah, we got many stories to tell before, because, like, they even uh, mentioned the the Avengers. Like, yeah, the Avengers couldn't take down the rocks on they, They've had, they've been dealing these, with these folks for, for you know, decades or whatever the case may be. Right, forever, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, obviously with the rubber band timeline, it's not that long. Right. But, um, and the last thing I wanted to mention is, for goodness sake, can we get a, a Riri as Ironheart, Marvel Legend, and a Vision so that I can put together a core <laughs> champions team? Please you know, I already me. have four of them. You know, we have Ironheart in the Iron Man-ish ar- armor. Right. So there is a Riri, just not current Riri. You know. Right. So I definitely would like a, a Viv, at least, at least a Viv, so that we can put together a complete core team of champions. And there has to be a Sparky with this Viv vision. Yes. So, yes. you know, I'm okay. I, I, I would like an Amadeus. I really would. Sure. But, you know, the, uh, I'm, uh, Amadeus is not running around with the champions at this point. And I would say this is probably like the core team. Which is weird because Amadeus was a part of the core team at the beginning of this. So that's right. kind of interesting that he's kind of been doing for the side. Like we've only seen him recently in uh, a Agents Spider-Man of Atlas. Book. No, Spider-Man. He was in that um, 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 uh, WB of Spider-Man book at the end of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But even yeah. that was only for two issues. So it was like, you know, it wasn't like he was a, a full part of that. So. I don't know. Maybe Danny Lore wanted to get the Asian guy out. I don't know. Shout, you know, shot, shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, know. don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe, don't know. maybe that was some, some editorial mandate. It was like, yeah, we don't need him. So, you know, yeah, but you know, but what's funny about that is, I wonder if Amadeus is going to be making an appearance or something's going to happen at, at the end of Immortal Hulk. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But the last I think issue, you saw Amadeus like, in Immortal Hulk at some point. I think he popped in. Actually, that might have been recently that he popped yeah. in. Yeah. So, yeah, we saw Amadeus in Immortal Hulk, and we saw him, obviously, in the Agents of Atlas stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of curious that, uh, um, you know, he was kind of taken off the board in, in Champions, and we've kind of gotten, like, this core group right. uh, that we see here in this book. You know, obviously, young Cyclops was never going to be like the core core because once they rebooted that and 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 sent them back to whence they came, right. that wasn't going to be a, a thing anymore. Even though we have had a reunion of sorts with that with, with the Cyclops, right? And the champions. Yeah, 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 yeah. We they're, we're not privy to some of the decisions that were made behind the scenes, so we don't know. Um, and yeah, like the the the, the sort is kind of weird because, like I said, we you would think we would have seen him in Immortal Hope well before we had in this one, and because we only have one issue left, and that's going to be next week, which we will talk about. I don't, right. I don't believe that we'll probably see him that much going on in there either. But it's, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but hopefully, like I said, we'll to wrap to, to wrap that all up. We'll hopefully we will get some more champions in the future, like it feels like they're they're saying. And definitely, uh, I, a longer run would be great because I, I enjoy all of these characters. Yeah, uh, and, this, and I sincerely hope that Daniel Lore is not just trying to get rid of the Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I suspect not. I kid, folks. I kid. I suspect that's not the case. Um, I kid. <laughs> But moving right along, I guess uh, we can go into rapid. Yeah, we can go into rapid fire. Let me spin it up because right. we we talked in depth about a few of these books, but they deserved it because they you know there there are a couple of ramifications coming out of uh, 
amazing that you know that are going to determine whether or not we stick with it. So I'll spin it up. Yeah. I ain't got time to bleed. You want to hit yours? Sure, since I have fewer this week. Um, Batman number 114 is written by James Tinney in the fourth with art by Jorge Jimenez and colors by Tomo Mori. Letters are by Clayton Cowles. There is a backup story with the uh, uh, Clown Hunter, but uh, I didn't really read it, so I'm not going to uh, be able to talk much about it. But in this Batman story, we have uh, Peacekeeper 1 versus Peacekeeper X as the... Um, uh, as Simon Saints Corporation uh, sees all of its plans to uh, privatize the um, and, and kind of militarize the police force in Gotham City basically go up in literal flames. That's really what happens in this issue. And Batman um, is basically you know trying to minimize the damage as best as he can. And it turns out the Unsanity Collective may have be may be um behind what or maybe uh maybe the tool that the scarecrow use uses to try to enact his grand plan of creating a fear state in Gotham if not the unsanity collective one of their mechanisms that they put into that they've created so that's really the gist of this issue um i know that tinian is about to leave the book right after fear state is is up so you know we'll see what uh how this ends and what gets picked up from this story moving forward so this is still weird though because this is still set before the events of future state in fact leading into correct uh, uh future state it seems state. like it yeah so basically fear State supposedly runs into future state which we've already seen right Right. It seems like we're right on the edge of a future state. That's what it seems like. Right. So, so we're basically just fitting uh, on the blanks. Anyway. Right. Uh, Eternal Celestia number one is written by Kieran Gillen, penciled by Kei Zama, inked by Kei Zama and John Livesay. Colors are by Matthew Wilson, and letters are by VCs Clayton Cowell. So this issue is probably the first time we're seeing the Eternals MCUified, where a lot of these characters who were previously, um, who, who, who were basically gender bent for the movie now become gender bent in the MC, in the uh, comics. And we see a lot of that uh, at play in this issue. We also have a bit of backstory between the Eternals and the Avengers of 1 million BC. And how this really? may be the precursor to uh, some stuff happening between the Eternals and the Avengers of today, because they visit Avengers Mountain, and with the rejiggered origin of the Celest of the um, Eternals to close to more closely coincide with the Celestials, as in or as we presume is going to be in the movies. That leads to some friction between, or at least future friction between the Avengers and the Eternals. And, I feel and like that's we, where I feel like we kind of called that? that because remember when we said when when, when they first moved into Avengers Marvel, we was like, yeah, I've, I've, I'm curious how, how the Eternals would take to that them being them, them sitting in the head of an Eternal 
I mean, I mean, excuse me, about the celestial. Yeah, knowing the history between celestials and internals. Right, and now that they've been now, now that it's been enhanced even with the movie, so right. But uh, but yeah, you know, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that was the gist of this issue. Uh, New Mutants number 22 is written by Vita Ayala with art by Rod Rice. Oh, Roddicat's going to read Eternal Celestials anyway, Eternal Celestia anyway. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so I spoiled a lot of it, but it's still probably um, good for I'm probably going to read it again because I I think I I read it really quickly. You know, I got the main points out, but um, there's probably a few more things in there. I need to read from Ajax. The story is told from Ajax perspective, which is Salma Hayek's character. You know, and in the Eternals run up until this, Ajax was a dude. So I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Mm-hmm. When did this happen? Um, moving on. New Means number 22 is written by Vita Ayala with art by Rod Rice and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So in very broad terms, and uh, Roddy Cat and I were discussing this issue right before we came on. And I mentioned that I hadn't seen... Uh, one character um, go through the uh, resurrection protocols, and it turns out it was probably in the issue prior to this, so I think I missed an issue reading. But ultimately, uh, this story is still going on in New Mutants, and the story I'm referring to is whatever it is Amal Farouk is up to. You know, you know, I, you know, he kind of puts forth a little bit of a reasoning behind his actions in this issue. He gives us some, you know, exposition as to how we've gotten to this point, why he's acting the way he is. I still don't necessarily read it that way. But at the end of the day, we have what we're leading up to, which is, you know, a a confrontation. Right now, the New Mutants, or at least this team of New Mutants, is basically under thrall of the Shadow King. You know, that's who I'm talking about when I say Amal Farouk. And uh, this group of younger mutants or younger new mutants is basically uh, coming in as the cavalry, probably in the next issue. You have anything to add? Uh, no, that you pretty much summed it. All right, and that covers it for me. Those are my five books of the week. I'm back to reading five books a week, folks. No, just it, it just happens to be a rather busy couple of days here. So uh, I only got in five books this week. Yeah. Well, for myself, uh, we are going to go away from the big two for a second and hit up Magic number seven, a.k.a. Magic the Gathering number seven. Uh, written by our one of our new favorite writers, or I guess one of our current favorite writers, uh, Jed McKay, illustrated by Ig Guara, uh, colors by Ariana Consana, Consani, excuse me, and letters by Egg Dukeshire. And the question of this issue is that hey, Ravnica is at war, 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 war. Not necessarily. Well, basically, some some opposing factions are, are are coming together. One knew about the other, so basically, all of the guilds are going against this um, these this worshiper of this. I don't even know what to call him, elder god or something like that. Basically, this this uh, person named uh, uh, Marit Laj, um, whom I don't know in the the lore of Magic: The Gathering is a, is a person or somebody new to this book. I I've heard. There's a lot to Magic Together's lore that uh, I do not, not know anything about. But regardless, um, 
so yeah, the the guild and the these worshippers are, are end up going against each other. But first, uh, the R three guild leaders that we've been following decide to kind of go in first before before things get out of hand and try to um, take care of things uh, and save a I don't know what you, if you would call this uh, person a friend of theirs, but they, basically someone that's been at the at the center of this who's been in harm's way. Um, but it all leads up to the fact that, oh, the, there's a big bad that is still coming at the end of this. Uh, that is probably going to cause them some problems because everything that happened in this book was uh, was supposed to set about this person coming or coming back. And, uh, and that's the case. Uh, that seems to be the case. Uh, next book, Avengers. Tech on uh, Avengers number three. Uh, so yeah, this is this is that the, the new toy book, <laughs> mm. as it is. Um, it is written by Jim Zub, art by Jeffrey Chamba Cruz, letters by BC's Travis, Travis Lanham. Uh, so yeah, uh, we got another toy that comes into play in the form of Mecha Loki, Mecha yes yes Mecha Mecha Loki Mecha Heine Ho. Oh no! <laughs> um, I, I just thought I, I do not know. I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, but they, there's a big fight between them. The the, the the adventure suits get used to get them until, of course, Tony Stark uh, and and uh, his AI Friday figures out what happens, and they turn the tide. Uh, also, by bringing in uh, a hidden adventure who we have seen recently in the pages of X Men. And apparently in this, I guess, in this universe, multiverse, um, I guess kind of makes sense that they were showing up. And it, well, now that I think about it, this, this person was on the Unity Avengers uh, team. So I guess that makes some sense. But Tony was hiding them out because of something was going on with his powers that I don't think is going on in the actual pages of uh, X-Men. So, uh, but nevertheless, uh, and they gave him a new name uh, that is, still has something to do with his power. But nevertheless, he comes in. Uh, Cap and Tony have, have a talk about Tony doing things by himself. Again, because you know Tony don't, don't learn. <laughs> and, of course, the Red Skull kind of has a, another... Uh, this was all in kind of a, still a part of Red Skull's plan because he's still trying to find the, the, uh, the Avengers' weaknesses and, you know, still still ahead of the game and another toy comes into play at the end of this um, issue. If you hadn't figured it out by now, yes, this is an actual toy line that this book is based on. Mm. Uh, just in case you didn't, you know, didn't pick up on that. Savage Avengers number 25. This book is still going. <laughs> still going. The book that we could have sworn was going to be ended probably a good 10 issues ago. Um, yeah. But it's being written by Jerry Duggan, art by Patch Zerker, uh, color artist Hava or Java Tartaglia. That's a typo right there. And lettering by BC's Travis Lanham once again. And another title. Good gracious. Um, so yeah, there's some timey-wimey mess going on because... Um, uh, Cooling Gath basically wins and Earth gets taken over. Uh, the only person that's kind of left is uh, Conan, who 
at this point is been fighting a good while and ends up in Doctor Doom's ar- uh, armor as of last issue. Uh, but he's fighting and ends up uh, running across Kane the Conqueror because, of course, there's some timey-wimey mess going on. Um, they end up... We come to find out that Kane has also been fighting against Kulain Goth uh, um, on one front, and um, much like uh, Doctor Strange having a bargain with Domamu, he has replayed this, this, uh, this scenario many, many times, and it all ends up badly. Uh, and apparently it doesn't end up good in this particular situation either, even with the what plan that they hatch and the toys that they have um, that that's in King's stronghold, including one throwback to one of Reed Richards old uh, time time sleds uh, that King has uh, has himself. But um, but they hatch a plan and uh, it, it doesn't go well, it starts to go away, but then it kind of goes. It goes not well at the end of this. So I guess that's the end of the book, but maybe not. Because, yeah, there's another issue coming. Yeah, I was about to say. There is definitely another issue coming, issue coming and they definitely have not. Yeah, they, they haven't finished with this thing yet. So here you go. Still going. I thought I, I felt for sure it was like, yeah, they're gonna wrap this up, and then since like they brought King into the situation, they're just gonna bring back everything together, and everything's gonna be put all the toys be, get put back in the box. Hadn't happened yet, so we don't know when this book is gonna end, if ever. Uh, next up, I almost hit the wrong button. We don't want to do that right now for sure. Um, Hellions, number 16, I believe, uh, Agent 70 has plans to read this. I don't know. I don't know. This is one of the ones you really kind of hadn't been up on. Uh, yeah, I haven't been up on this for a while, so go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's really not much to say about it, so it's fine, but still. Uh, written by Zeb Wells, art by Steven Segovia, uh, color artist Rain Barreto, and lettering by BC's Ariana Mayer. So, the events of last issue kind of kind of uh take its toll uh because um what's uh empath at last uh, is uh last issue pretty much uh took uh, took over uh alex's mind and made him do something that he and everybody else regrets because um there was a storyline where sinister and um Quana was kind of working together and that's been kind of ripped apart because of what what happened um so coming from that into this issue you know the team basically it seemed like they're breaking up the team i thought they were ending the book with this but uh it doesn't seem like to be the case but uh, the team seemed like they may or may not they may be going their separate ways and um uh, people have their own heart, their own agendas at this point. I think uh, it's like Quana might be leaving um, Krakoa. At least that's what she's saying in this after talking to, to Cyclops. Uh, Great Crow mm-hmm. uh, is pretty much get, gonna go and get revenge on Empath for what he did, you know, to not only Cyclops but him. Right. Uh, Nanny is still acting real crazy to uh to to uh orphan maker mm-hmm. uh and that whole little baby thing that she found one time because she's pretty much catered into that thing and 
uh, which ends up backfiring on her because apparently that thing is being used by some... Uh, I don't know if this person has ever come up before, but apparently she was married to one of the right, if you remember that group. Yeah. Uh, and that comes back into play uh, and ends up messing up some stuff with her or for her with that. Um, and we come to find out that maybe Madeline Pryor might be re, uh, um, uh, reincarnated. Yeah, what I was going to say is that, you know, the, the, the tease, I think, for this Hellions ending, this volume of Hellions ending is uh, is, is real. Yeah. Um, I think in the solicitations we've seen, because uh, we have solicits that go out to December now, I think Hellions is ending in December. Right. Um, or November, but I think it's December, and I think we're going to see uh, Madeline Pryor come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they pretty much hinted at that. So you know, you see, there was a, there was an X Men, um, the X Men pretty much come in uh, at some point in this, you know, to try to, I guess, clean up. To in right. a sense, uh, and then Emma's around, but of course they're on record, and all these books kind of you know are wrapped between each other, and so she kind of comes in and tries to help out with like Alex and I guess empath also, um, weirdly enough. So yeah, like I said, we're, we're starting to see the, the, the team kind of fracture and we'll see what happens, uh, I guess going into whatever causes this book to end. Uh, you talked about new mutants already. So we go to my last book, which is Excalibur number 24, which I can only briefly talk about this cause I kind of skipped it. Okay. Um, So yeah, at the beginning of this, um, uh, Captain Britain uh, is talking to the vampires of other world because she's trying to find out why they were attacked last issue. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Um, one thing I forgot. Creative team written by Tina Howard, uh, art by Marcus Toe, color artist Eric Ar- Arciniega, and letters by BC's Ariana Mayer. Now, um, yes, just in time for the holiday or to the season. Uh, Captain Britain is talking to the vampires, like I said, trying to figure out why they were attacked last uh, issue uh, in Otherworld, because as we come to find out, um, um, Mordred, it, we found out, is um, is a mutant, but so Captain Britain is like, yeah, we're all, he's, we just found out he's a mutant, but, you know, that doesn't mean we're friends of his. You know, so they're trying to trying to, but they're also she's also trying to get answers on that. And on the other side of that, we see the other members of the team kind of doing nothing. Like uh, Gambit's kind of out in the mad market, uh, helping out folks. Gave this one lady a pop tart. <laughs> mm. Go figure. Uh, we see um, uh, Jubilee talking to Roma, which we know they, um, which we know they know each other from past. Uh, past dealings but um also because of uh, her son shogo who's a dragon in this world um you know they're basically talking to each other about him and it sounds like the something's happening maybe happening with shogo uh with him and his powers um whether this this world or the next i'm not sure where that is but that's kind of as far as it would have gotten in this book um so whether it's some some whether that goes any further, um, 
in this issue. I'm not entirely sure because, like I said, I kind of just skimmed it up until up until now. But like I said, we see the other issue. We uh, the other members of the book kind of getting into some stuff, and then they end up uh, kind of kind of uh, meeting back together at some point, and. We do get to see the, the Captain Britain Corps come back into play um, at some point. And yeah, this sounds like they're going to settle up with that whole Bordred thing. Uh, looks like at the end of this. So, um, but yeah, that is it for me. Uh, and now we can go into Clicks of the Week. Clicks of the week. So, clicks of the week, folks. Um, by the way, thank you for for folks joining us live on the uh, on the video version on the live recording. We got just got raided on Twitch, so thank you and thank you, Cami, for your raid. Uh, welcome for to you and your folks. Um. I guess while we're, I, I was about to say ra- being rated is a good thing on Twitch. Yes, actually, yes. To, to, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, let me rephrase that. Yes, up until recently, because there's been some real bad rating habits going on, which is why I, um, we'll talk about that after <laughs> after the show. Okay. Um, yeah. No. As as Cam said, no FBI raids. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, yeah, so, but yeah, rating is good. So I, I will say real quick uh, for for folks uh, here. Um, this is the Comic Book Chronicles. This is a podcast about comic books. We are here every week Thursday, um, Thursday nine thirty p.m. ish p.m. where we record and come out later on po- in podcast form. So welcome to Cami uh, and uh, thank you for bringing your um, community over and sharing this with us. So we were getting into. We just finished talking about the comic books, and we prior to that we just finished talking about um, the last what if episode. So you know, after if you want to go back and check that out after this is over, with, that's 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 all great. Uh, right. And we did not spoil the vendor movie because none of us really watched it. Although I spoiled myself very much so. Uh, you know, on purpose because I don't intend to go to the theaters to watch Venom. Yeah, neither one of us give a damn about that movie to to, to go and watch it right about now. So there's that. But clicks of the week. So clicks of the week are our picks of the week from what we've read. We have one from our one of our absent uh, co-hosts because we're on normal occasions we would have been four, but it's been the two of us, Agent Seventy and I, for the last couple of years because the other yeah we've been, been running half strength yeah. Yeah, so at some point we will get those fellows back into the play at one point. But, like I said, uh, but we do have, like I said, one click of the week from one of our um, one of our hosts, and that would be from Tim, which is Dark Ages number two. But he also said that was the only book he was able to read this week. So, <laughs> yeah, Tim's busy. Tim's busy. Uh, he work. He he writes for uh, CBR, and he also has his family that you know. A new, a new, uh, a new addition to this family. So, which did I not pick? Did I not do that book? Huh, I thought I did. I thought I got. And what, that book. what book might that be? Uh, Dark Ages. Oh, uh, did you read it? I didn't read it. I had intended to, but I did not get a chance to. Okay. But yeah, DC, so DC, DC Dark Ages is basically um, it's a Tim Taylor written book. It's uh, if you know Tim Taylor, he's the one who did. Um, uh, 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 Injustice, if you know that video game 
well, the book they end up, well, the video game they end up being a book. Um, uh, but basically, it is like, uh, wait, is that DC or is that Marvel or am I tripping? I think that's that's Marvel. It's Marvel. That's Marvel. Yeah, I'm thinking you're just thinking DC because Tom Taylor's always done that. Um, the 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 deceased book at DC. Yes, and that was fairly recent. But this is this is pretty much along the same lines, except for for Marvel, and and also harkens back to an old DC uh, in event where. Hey, something earth shaking goes bad, and the uh, and um, uh, the the earth is plunged into to, to darkness, and possibly is about to die within hours, um, unless something happens. So he's good at that kind of stuff. You know, if you've not read any of the if of that kind of stuff from him before. Um, then this will be a treat for you. If you've read some of that stuff like I have, then it's like, yeah, you've kind of seen this before, but there still might be something decent in it to read. So at some point, I'll probably check it out. Uh, I don't know if you have yours, uh, Agent 70. Uh, I don't have much to pick from, unfortunately, this week. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really kind of limited in my choices. I think what I'm going to pick is... Champions number 10, uh, despite the fact that we don't have an Asian male in the cast anymore. Shots fired at Danny Lore. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You uh, but I really like, I really like um, you know, some of the, the themes that uh, Danny Lore pursued in this uh, most recent story arc uh, with regards to corporations and social media and their effects and, and what kind of data social media is gathering that's actually one of the main story plot story points in the plot here in this issue so uh you know that's how they that's how they defeat the robots <laughs> the, the big bad robots so uh i think champions number 10 is going to be my pick for my click of the week this week cool and for myself as i try to get this book into the, the cover into this thing. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I, yeah, Champions was definitely a strong book for this week. I, I hate to see it go, and I feel like Danny Lore probably, Danny Lore probably had some other stuff. I, like I said, we, like we said earlier, we don't know the... the, the yeah, we have no whether, idea. Whether this is all that they had, and, uh, you know, they were going to end here anyway, um, or whatever the case may be, but... You know, Agent uh, Seventy and I both in, enjoyed the champions a lot, or have been enjoying the champions a lot. I feel like it's, it's, I can safely say that for him. Uh, that being said, Magic was actually pretty good. You know what? But I think I'm actually gonna um, go with Champions Number Ten also. Hey, there we go. Yeah, like we said a whole lot about amazing. That doesn't mean it's good. We just said, we just had a lot well, to no. about it. Well, we talk, listen, you know, just to get everyone caught up on what we were talking about. Amazing. Amazing is going in a new direction and it starts in this issue. And we already have some, uh, some information as to where this book is going to be going. And we talked relatively in depth about what we think about that direction and whether or not we're going to stay on for the duration of it, right. whether or not. And I think what we'll, what we'll probably end up doing is something that we end up doing a lot when we don't necessarily like the direction a book is going is we'll read it for edu- for uh, 
you know, for, uh, you know, for, for uh, academic purposes, I wanted to say educational, but the, the word I was looking for was academic purposes, because we're going to talk about it and review it for the rest of our viewers and our listeners. So whether or not we add them to our personal collection, that's another story. You know, if it's something that we think is worthy of entering into our personal collections, you know, that remains to be seen. Right. But yeah, we would definitely be checking in on it uh, from time to time, including next week because it's going three times a week so yeah but that being said uh those are and we didn't get anything from dirt so which is our other um host at least right he's still catching up on books from uh from several weeks back so uh he's got some time some books to some 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 piles of books to catch up on Mm -hmm. so that being the case we're going to go into the news section but first, our first ad read of the night, and it's for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise including custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To, to, to get that 10% off, you place your order and help our show help our show help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the fun code link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10. That's S-H-O-P-10 for your 10% off discount. Fun code through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Uh, speaking of Funko Record, we, we had also talked about a particular Funko that is coming out soon. And if you're watching the video version, you can see the one that we're talking about, which was the uh, new Biggie figure that looks kind of weird and sad. Right. It's not a po- it's not a bobblehead. You know, it's not a traditional Funko figure. So it's a little on the it's it's a little disconcerting to look at to see it that way. Right. Uh, you can see. Actually, wait, is there two different versions of this? Looks like. But apparently, there's some. They got a, like an Ice Cube and a, a Lil Wayne and a, and a couple of other. That's also in the same gold line. But regardless, it was the biggie one that we were talking about. So uh, there is that. But we are going to get into the news, starting off with the cinematic news, as we do with um, a story from Titans, which is uh, it's a matter of time of when, not if, Tim Drake wears the Robin cartoon, uh, costume. So. For those who have been keeping up with the Titans uh, show, the live-action Titans show, uh, apparently Tim Drake is on the show. I haven't been keeping up with the thing, and I don't think he, he, um, um, Agent 70 has either. I stopped because it was – I was getting very frustrated. Hmm. Yeah, it is a very – Watching it, it's, it got very frustrating. It is a very different take from what we know in the comic books, and sometimes that could be a little off-putting uh, the way they go. That being said – so the Titans actor Jay Lecurgo, Lecure, I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. My apologies for that. Um, he really looks like my nephew. Um, uh, was in an interview and saying said that um, he can't really get into it. The excitement for fans to see or not to see when it happens, it'll be such a surprise and an exciting moment. However. Uh, I won't get into it too much except Tim Drake is Robin. It's only a matter of time before it happens. It's just a matter of when. 
so I guess Tim Drake has is uh, has been in the show, and at some point he's going to uh, become Robin. But that's kind of been a theme with that show. It's like, yeah, the, there there were like a couple of the core team was already their cart, you know, their their um their their costume identities and or getting to be, and then the rest of them are kind of coming into it. So, sure. Next up. Well, next up, these are spoilers for uh, Titans. Uh, Starfire suffers a massive loss and regains an old enemy. In short, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I, I skimmed through this whole article, and basically what it comes down to is that apparently uh, Starfire and her sister um, Blackfire are on the run. Uh, they, I guess, were captured at one point, but uh, Blackfire is wounded in in an attempt to heal Blackfire, uh, Blackfire uh, connects with Starfire and sucks all of her energy projection powers out of her. Traditionally, both of them had the same energy projection powers, but they just had a different energy signature, and that's what differentiated the two. Hence, you know, uh, hence their co- the difference in code names. Um, and apparently, uh, Superboy has got a thing for Blackfire. Uh, according to this article, this is all stuff I, I I missed out on by not watching the the show. I think I stopped at like episode four or five, something like that, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't take it anymore. I can't say I blame him honestly, but you know, um, <laughs> that that is that is neither here nor there. So yeah, yeah. I did not know so that. that's the, yeah, that's the massive loss in regaining the old enemy in the na- in the in the form of Blackfire. Mm-hmm. Next up. Uh, Batwoman's new incarnation of Killer Croc surfaces in upcoming episode synopsis of Batwoman. So apparently uh, Killer Croc is, is going to be an Arrowverse uh, in Batwoman Season 3. The synopsis for Season 3 Episode 2, Loose Teeth, teases the character's arrival as followed. We won't necessarily get into all of this, but um, it says, uh, when a new incarnation of Gotham Swamp slumming Killer Croc surfaces and starts wrecking up a body count, the inaugural team up of Batwoman uh, Javicio Leslie and Alice Rachel Scarston is put to the test. But Alice isn't the only unwanted intrusion in Ryan's life when Jada Jet, Robin Givens, shows up at Wayne Enterprises. Uh, so yeah, there's a whole thing going on. I have not seen any of Batwoman. Uh, not, <laughs> e- not, the, not the Ruby Rose stuff, not even the last... I didn't even know it was on season three at this point, honestly. I'm like, how short are these uh, seasons? Well, Pandemic. So, oh, I guess that's that too. you know, sure. You know, we presume that what, whatever they whatever they produced uh, had to be cut short because of the pandemic, and they're just now getting up to speed on whatever the next season is. So, sure. Next up, next up, Ian Bohan has joined the cast of Superman and Lois for the DC television series' upcoming second season. Per Deadline, Bohan will appear in Superman and Lois season two as Lieutenant Mitch Anderson, the quote, new sheriff in town, unquote, at the DOD. According to Deadline, Anderson's worldview, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's <laughs> unclear if Bowen's character is in any way related to the DC comic superhero Mitch Anderson, a.k.a. Outburst. Uh, hey, uh, Korath. Who? Thank you. So, uh, apparently Ian Bohan is an, uh, an alum of the Teen Wolf television show. Right. And I believe you didn't, he and, um, he and, uh, who was ever playing Superman? I think they worked together. Tyler Holchin. Okay. 
I think so. Maybe on that show, I've, I've, I think. I don't know. Regardless, um, I guess cool. I don't know. I haven't seen any of that either. We've been, there's not a whole lot of <laughs> live action DC stuff we've actually been watching, folks. Um, but anyway. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Praise Satan. Kiernan Shipka's Sabrina will officially cross over to Riverdale. After, what, five seasons? Good gracious. Uh, the town of Riverdale is about to get one hellish visitor, according to this uh, Entertainment Weekly article. At long last, Kiernan Shipka's Sabrina Spellman, the star of Netflix's Riverdale spinoff, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, is officially set to reprise her role for the CW drama in the biggest crossover event between the two shows. Uh, Riverdale writer Evan Kyle said that this would happen while doing a Q&A on some show um, after the season five finale, but showrunner Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa uh, uh, confirmed the news to EW in a statement. Quote, unquote, we've been talking about having Sabrina's visit, Sabrina visit uh, Riverdale since season one, so it's thrilling that this has finally happened as a part of our Riverdale special event. I guess just in time for the holidays or the holiday. Um, it's also perfect that she shows up to help Cheryl blossom during her hour of great need. Everyone at the set lost their minds. I think the fans will too. It's really fun and special. Speaking of another show, hasn't have not been watching. Or two shows have not been watching. So, there you go. Look forward to that if you are watching it. Either, if you have watched any of those. Next up. Next up, Adult Swin's Toonami programming block announced this week that it will air, or this past week, that it will air the Batman Ninja CG anime film on the programming block on October 16th at 12.30 a.m. for those night owls. The film will take up two hours of the weekly programming block. This film was originally uh, released digitally in April 2018 and on home video in May of 2018. Uh, the release included the Japanese audio track as well as the English dub. So um, it's also available on HBO Max if you have that service. Yep. And also done by the team who did a couple of episodes of, uh, of Star Wars Visions, which we talked about last week. If you want to go back and check that uh, episode out where we, where we talked about that. Have you ever watched this ninja anime, the Batman Ninja anime film? I think I have it, and no, I have not. <laughs> I watched. I, I watched it on HBO Max. I was like, okay, this is something. Right. Yeah, and if the name doesn't tell you anything, it's basically an Elseworlds story where Batman is a is a samurai. Uh, oh, it gets worse than that. But yeah, yeah it does. But yeah, but ninja. Yeah, Batman's a ninja. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Batman yeah, you should see some of the too. steampunk elements that are. Just way out of place in this thing. Right. It's, well, again, Elseworlds, Elseworlds stories tend to go places at times, so not a surprise on that end, but at the same time, yeah, this thing's kind of bonkers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, one of these days I'm going to watch it, though. Next up, though, uh, Zoe Kravitz says that her Catwoman is not to be fetishized or stereotyped. Which um, um, now just reminded me of something I forgot to put in uh, the story, but I'll I'll mention in a second, I think. Um, so the Batman star Zoe Kravitz stated that her upcoming take on Catwoman should not be fetishized or stereotyped, as was said. During an interview, uh, Kravitz said, uh, was asked if she had seen all the other Batman movies, to which she revealed that she had. Uh, she's read some of the comics now and wasn't a comics head or anything. Um, let's see, I, she says, I also tried to think about the role, not as Catwoman, but as a woman. 
uh, how does it make me feel? How are we approaching this? And how are we making sure that we're not fetishizing or creating a stereotype? I knew it needed to be a real person. So I guess that's what she's uh, she's uh, going into uh, into this role. Um, and I will go so far as to say that uh, DC Fandom is coming up, folks. I'm just going to put this in here now. And uh, that's... Speaking of Batman, oops. Speaking of Batman, oh, yeah, you know what? Fine, you just don't want to do that. Cool, bet. We're going to do that. Uh, speaking of Batman, there's going to be a trailer for The, uh, the Batman at, uh, at the DC Fandom, which is October 16th. It's DC's one day event. It's also going to be trailers for Black Adam and I believe some of the, 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 the Suicide Squad and. Um, uh, other game, the Kill the, the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League game, and a bunch of other stuff. But that is definitely stuff that has been uh, slated to appear at that thing on October 16th, which is next week. So we will probably be talking about news from it um, the week after. So stay tuned. Right, because the 16th ends up falling on Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna be. So it'll be. It's not this Saturday, but it'll be next Saturday. So it'll be coming after the next show. So it'll be uh, two weeks from now when we talk about it. Yep. Next up. So. Next up, uh, filmmaker James Gunn confirmed that he's working on another DC Comics-centered project in addition to the upcoming peacemaker tv series he responded to a follower on twitter who asked him if warner brothers was either making a new storyline for the dceu extended universe or continuing the one started by Zack snyder gunn responded yes i'm developing another dc project besides peacemaker however gunn gave no clue as to which dc property he was working on okay dun, dun, dun. uh speaking of james gunn prop well james gunn stuff uh the guardians of the galaxy holiday special involves a major new mcu character uh so a new character will be debuting in the marvel cinematic news universe for the first time as a part of the guardians of the galaxy holiday special probably not lumpy um premiering in december 2022 exclusively on disney plus the guardians of the galaxy holiday special is is a new in canning adventure that shows the guardians during the holiday season uh, director James Gunn, who helmed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy films, will be returning for the roughly 40-minute short, which he says will be required viewing for fans of the franchise, which, as folks, uh, as we folks know at this point, mostly everything they're putting out uh, in the MCU is in some way required. Not all of it, but it's all, it's all connected. Uh, but anyway, now Gunn has expected on his promotion for this special to reveal that it will also be introducing one of the greatest MCU characters of all time, according to him. That will be remains to be seen. So I guess we'll see what happens when that uh, when that uh, comes out. Like I said, December of next year, folks. So we got a whole ass year to wait. Next up. All righty, next up. So in a story that has been updated since this was originally posted, mm-hmm. Jamila Jamil from the from uh, the Good Place, who we who is confirmed to be playing Titania in the Marvel Studios Disney Plus series She Hulk, showed off an alleged uh, comics accurate hairdo. So she jumped on. Uh, 
social media on Twitter to show herself in an orange or red-haired wig that that, uh, seemed to imply that she was wearing such a wig to portray Titania, which would make her depiction comic accurate. But in an update, Jamila Jamil has since clarified that the photo in question is her in a wig and that it's unrelated to her She-Hulk role. And our response to this is... Um, you know, maybe that is somebody uh, possibly dodging <laughs> the Marvel snipers who came very, very close. Yes, yes indeed. Because um, I believe that ended up happening like a couple of days after the the initial article came out, and yeah, or no, it wasn't even it wasn't even a couple days. It was like I think it was the next day, the very next day when that happened. So that was kind of amusing to see. Next up, though, in very good news, WandaVision's Agatha is getting a spinoff, a uh, Disney Plus spinoff, so it will definitely be Agatha all along. Yes. So insidious! Also, check out the Mega Ram remix of this. But that's, you know, Anyway, uh, WandaVision's Catherine Hahn is also is getting an Agatha Harkness spinoff series from Marvel Studios and Disney+. Plus. According to Variety, uh, the plot of the spinoff is unclear, but the WandaVision head writer uh, Jacques Schaefer is expected to develop the project as a part of her recently signed three-year deal with Marvel Studios. Um, as folks know, Han was Agatha Harkness in the WandaVision, and she was left... Yeah, she was still around, so we know she was around, but she was left in a, in a different state than what she started off in. Um, well, actually, not really what she started off in in that thing, but... Um, um, so, I am very curious as to how... Well, she's left neutralized. Basically. Let's put it that way. Yes, there we go. She's That's left neutralized, but alive, and you know she uh, remains in play, so that is, uh, you know, it, it, it makes some sense, especially given the future of magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that Agatha Harkness wouldn't be taken off the board for long. Right now, whether she shows up in that Doctor Strange movie like Dark, uh, like uh, Scarlet Witch is, uh, we don't know. There's been rumors and speculation floating around, more speculation than not floating around for that, and. Given that this bit of news just came out today, as of this recording, this is clearly something very new that uh, that's been that's been uh, put together. So, obviously, the t- details at this point are scarce. Next up. Next up, so Jeremy Renner may not be done playing Hawkeye yet, as a new rumor suggests the actor is going to return for Disney Plus's Echo spinoff series alongside Haley Steinfeld. According to the the Illuminerdy, Renner and Steinfeld will both reportedly reprise their roles on Echo, uh, the Marvel TV show following Maya Lopez. Um... Uh, let's see here. Little is known about the show, but if the rumor is true, the two Hawkeyes will be helping her out at some point, meaning Clint Barton may not retire and fully hand the mantle to Kate Bishop at the end of season one of Hawkeye. Right. And Hawkeye is apparently only going to run for six episodes for its first season. Right. So it'll probably be the length. I suspect it was probably going to be the length, uh, similar to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. Because of that. So, which is coming up, what, in the next month? So, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, very, very soon. 
And speaking of something coming up next month, Marvel's Eternals debuts uh, hard-hitting, explosive new footage recently. Uh, so it says here, with less than a month uh, until the release of the Eternals, Marvel debuted a new teaser showcasing its expansive superhero team's unique cosmic abilities. Uh, beginning in the early Man era, the the Eternals teacher opens with Cersei, uh, announcing in a voiceover that uh, that her race came here to protect humans. So this is basically some stuff that's already been out, but apparently this uh, just to kind of cut to the chase. There's seemingly some new footage of. Um, the team synergy uh, in this spot that we possibly haven't seen uh, before. I haven't seen the spot, so I'm not entirely sure. Like some of this definitely is going to be stuff we've seen before, but uh, apparently there's a couple of things that we haven't seen. Like that last trailer definitely gave us a little bit more to go on to, to uh, going into this movie. So there's really not much else that needs to be shown. <laughs> But we also know they have, they have to market this thing. So trying to stay away from too many uh, of these trailers because just like Chang T kind of wanted to go into it with, you know, the the less known, the better, the better it'll go, which I still haven't seen Chang Chi yet. So that's this whole nother thing. Next up. Next up. Okay. So in more, uh, uh, release date announcements related to the MCU uh, not necessarily being right, but uh, we have our own commentary on this. Marvel's announcement of the release date for Mahershala Ali's Blade movie has now been deleted. In the early morning of October 5th, the official Marvel India Twitter account released a graphic displaying the dates for various films in Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The graphic featured dates for films we already knew about, including Eternals on November 5th, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on March 25th, 2022, Thor, Love and Thunder on May 6th, 2022, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever on July, July 8th, 2022, and The Marvels on November 11th, 2022. What surprised... MCU fans were seeing this inclusion, the inclusion of the Blade logo with the date of October 7th, 2022. It apparently has been deleted since, and I need to get a new sound effect because uh, what I have is uh, not exactly accurate. Um, you know, we have bullets whizzing by. I think the snipers actually hit their target here. So that is a sniper shot I need to pull for. Uh, I need to find a good sniper shot pull for our sound effects. Indeed. And shout out to apparently. Uh, so if you're watching the video version, you can see the initial um, the initial tweet, which somebody screen capped. And uh, shout out to the Delphonics and the Fujis for the, the ready or not reference. <laughs> that apparently That's this. This uh, this uh, tweet uses, uh, and it says that yeah, Blade is supposed to be October seventh, twenty twenty-two, and yeah, like Agent Seven said, clearly the the snipers got a hold to them quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, there were there were no bullets whizzing by. They hit their mark on that one. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, a, a cinematic. <laughs> a one shot cinema is probably a headshot for all we know yeah that's probably a headshot one shot yeah. one kill mm-hmm. uh, Netflix establishes 5.4 million Chatwick A. Bozeman scholarship at Howard University um, so you know what there's really not much else to say about that honestly. that was a that was a thing but um, 
it says here that the Chadwick A. Bozeman Memorial Scholarship will provide incoming students in a newly reestablished College of Fine Arts, which we already talked about in a previous episode, which was named for the esteemed alumnus in May, with a four-year scholarship to cover uh, full cost of the two, uh, university tuition. Uh, quote unquote, it is an immense pleasure and deep gratitude that we announced the creation of an endowed uh, scholarship in honor of alumnus Chadwick Bozeman, whose life and contribution to the arts continues to inspire, said uh, Howard University President Wayne A.I. Frederick, M.D. Uh, the scholarship embodies Chadwick's love for Howard, his uh, passion for storytelling, and his willingness to support future generations of Howard students. I would not say the chant because I, while I went to a HBCU, I did not go to Howard, so I won't be doing, you know, the whole, you know, y'all. H U exactly. <laughs> I didn't go to H U, obviously, mm. but uh, <laughs> I, I know that's their uh, their call. Indeed. So I am thankful for the continuous support and partnership of Chadwick's, Chadwick's wife, Mrs. Simone Ledward. Bozeman and to Netflix for this important gift. And that was from a press release and it goes on from there. So good on them. As, as someone I know pointed out, was like, yeah, uh, while Howard was, you know, his alumnus and while that is a big school in HBCUs, there are other HBCUs that, that could use some of this money and a lot of folks tend to go to, towards Howard first before any other ones. That's but he was an alum there, so that makes sense. I know, sense. yeah. In that, in this case, that makes sense. But I'm just saying there are other HBCUs mm-hmm. that people could be giving money to. It, you know, so. just saying. Next up. Next up. So, um, I didn't know too much about this character coming up. I didn't read any of the books, but Same. apparently, Grendel is getting um, uh, a film. Um, well, we talked about it last week, I believe. Yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Well, you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, uh, he's going to portray uh, a lead in the comic book adapt- adaptation of Grendel uh, on Netflix. So this this is an actor. He's going to be the first Arab Muslim male actor. His name is Abu Bakar Ali. And um, 30-year-old actor will be featured in the upcoming series Grendel as a vigilante hero who goes by the same name. Grendel is the masked identity of Hunter Rose, a fencer, writer, and assassin, quote, seeking to avenge the death of a lost love, end quote, Netflix said in a press release. Okay. Indeed. It's part of me. Uh, last but not least in the cinematic news... Uh, a little, I guess this is a little night loose, but uh, Blue Origin will fly William Shatner to the edge of space on October 12th. So, <laughs> after, I guess, after many years playing a character that was already in space, Shatner is actually going to space. Uh, after, well, hey, this article just said it, and I, even, and I hadn't even read it. But um, uh, Blue Origin's second tourist space flight is scheduled for October 12th. The Star Trek actor and apparent Twitter verification uh, gatekeeper, I don't know what that's about, will be one of New Shepard's uh, passengers. Shatner, 90, is set to become the oldest person to fly to space. Uh, After he goes to New York Comic Con this weekend. Indeed. Uh, He'll take the record from the 82-year-old aviation pioneer Wally Funk, who was a passenger on New Shepard's first crewed flight in July. Um... So, yes, and you see the tweet here where it says Shatner is going to be on uh, said flight. 
Hopefully all will Actually, so he already talked about it today. Yes. Shatner already talked about it today. Mm-hmm. Because it's being reported on uh, Siffy that he talked about it today. He says he's terrified. I just want him to yell out, Con! <laughs> well, this article is from the 4th, so yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, I just didn't know when he would have been speaking about it. I right. think he's autographing all weekend. Right. I'm not 100% sure I'll have to double-check um, no, the New York Comic-Con schedule, but I'm yeah. pretty sure he's going to be there more than just today. I think you said – I thought you said he wasn't going to be there Sunday, but when we talked about it last week. Uh, you could be right. He's definitely going to be there more than one day, though, so right. just maybe not on Sunday. Right. But regardless, there you go. Shadow will be in space finally, actually. Um, and like I said, hopefully that all goes well. Uh, now we turn our attentions to the comic book news for the week. Meanwhile, at the comic book Hall of Justice, uh, Batman artist Horde, is it Jorge or George? I still don't know. Let's go with Jorge. Sure. Jorge Jimenez uh, shares first look at Queen Ivy's Fear State debut. Uh, Batman artist Jorge Jimenez has given fans their first look at Queen Ivy in this year's Fear State event, as so said. Uh, The artist shared the look on social media, showing Poison Ivy's new regal attire and demeanor first glimpsed in Batman 109. Uh, The patient's absent of any words or speech bubbles, but shows Ivy interacting with one of uh, Jimenez's co-creators, co-creations, excuse me, with writer James Tinian IV's Miracle Molly. The new look Mm -hmm. for Ivy marks another instance for Jimenez redesigning a character for this year's main Batman title, as he also redesigned Scarecrow by incorporating uh, aspects of the villain's best look over the years. So, I know, Blue, we we have a a screen cap of the tweet in question there. Uh, For those watching the video version, you can check that out right there. Uh, So, sure. Next. Yep. I was going to say, um, mm-hmm. oh, so Shatner is going to be at the con today and tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. Okay. So, so yeah. uh, so by the time you get this in audio form, he will have done his done, done this stuff. Right. Exactly. But if you are following along, like uh, on, on Twitch or YouTube, uh, you still have a chance to see William Shatner tomorrow at New York Comic Con. Yeah, uh, next up. Uh, I think that uh, that that panel that they were showing, I didn't have a chance to look at the uh, the, the story before you changed it, but um, that was from this week's Batman. Oh, that uh, the Queen Ivy bit. Okay. I think that's from this week's Batman. Um, you know what? Let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, Batman one fourteen. So yeah, you're right. Because I remember looking at it, so I just didn't. It didn't register that that was our first look at the Queen Ivy look. Um, all right, next up, Friday the Thirteenth developer Ilphonic is working on a Ghostbusters game. Raphael Sadiq added it again. What's that? I said Raphael Sadiq added it again. So, uh, spotted by PC Games N, an interview with singer, songwriter, record producer Raphael Sadiq. In a recent episode of the Quest Love Supreme podcast, wow! I missed. The, I, I was about to say I didn't listen to any of the Raphael Sadiq. It's a two-part. It's at least a two-part interview on Quest Love Supreme. Mm-hmm. I listened to the podcast of mostly when I uh, when I recognized the guest and I had seen this. I just hadn't gotten around to it. So he's the un, so Raphael Sadiq is the unlikely source, and this podcast is the unlikely source of a leak about an upcoming Ghostbusters video game. 
Uh, Sadiq, in addition to his career, solo career, began, uh, being a member of Tony 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 and producing songs, co-founded the video game studio Ilphonic with engineer Charles Brungart. Though the podcast focuses on music, that is uh, Quest Love Supreme, one hour and 20 seconds in, responding to a question about his games, Sadiq mentions the studio is working on Ghostbusters right now. Okay. Yeah, so for, so for folks that didn't know, like like Agent 7 just said, Elphonic uh, 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 Studios is partly owned by Rafael Sadiq. Sadiq, uh, if you are a gamer, you will probably recognize the following games, Friday the 13th and Predator Hunting Grounds. Those were Elphonic joints. I believe there's also another one, but I can't remember what it is right there at this point. But those are probably more recent, uh, more recent uh, ones that people would know. Uh, so yeah, Raphael Sadiq into video games and has been for a while. That was just kind of the funniest thing uh, I, I remember when I first hearing about it. And actually, I should check out that Quest Love Supreme podcast because I never do, but I keep hearing about it. It's got good stuff. I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, because uh, Quest has a very deep musical background. So there's lots of, you know, there's lots of artists and, and, and uh, uh, technical people behind the scenes, music, uh, technical technician types that he talks to. Um, they're not always, you know, name. They don't always have like the biggest name recognition, but they definitely have a lot of great input and a lot of great. Uh, they have a lot of great information to share. So it's 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 definitely worth a listen. Sure. Next up. Uh, next. Oh no, this is you. Yeah. Uh, Amazon kicks off holiday deals with a big board game sale. So yeah. Well, so sometimes we get into toy and uh, board game stuff in in here, if it's uh, kind of related. This is kind of sorta. So yeah. It's October, which means the holiday shopping season has officially begun. Amazon kicked off things by populating their daily deal section. Um, with stuff you might actually want, like board games. Um, uh, Jermaine, to this podcast, there is a Funko vs. Marvel uh, game that's probably still on sale at this point. This, is, um, this article is a few days old, uh, and I'm not sure how all, how old uh, or how long this uh, sale is going to go on. But you can definitely go check it out um, at the link to the article in our show notes, if I haven't said that before. Because, yes, we do have show notes. Um, that will be attached to the um, article on CB, CB uh, on um, at CSPN.us and also on the tweet of this uh, particular recording. So yeah, if you're into board games, um, yeah, you should check that out because yeah, there's some stuff in here some people might want, including some classics. Next up, all right, and they already have some toys on sale too, so I just clicked mm-hmm. over. All righty, next up, legendary Marvel Comics villain Dr. Doom is set to join Mezco Toys' 1, 1 to 12 collective line of collectible figures. As part of Mezco Con 2021, Mezco revealed the 1 to 1 12 collective Dr. Doom with two photos of the collectible figure being shared in a post to Twitter. Apart from these images, however, no other information on the product is currently available. Mezco has not revealed any specs at this time, nor did the toy company give a release window for its take on Dr. Doom. Although it is very cool looking, that is undeniable. Yes. Um, there is the tweet that with a couple of images of this uh, Dr. Dome. Do we have a price? No, I don't think we do. I'm, I think I'm for it earlier. And I don't think I saw a price on it. But yeah, it definitely looks good. Next up, though. Excuse me. Uh, Thor, 
Funko's uh, final Avengers Assemble Victory Schwammer Pop revealed. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they hadn't done this one before. So, um, Funko Pop rounds out his event, uh, the Avengers Victory Schwammer series with Thor. Oh, okay. So, this is a whole series of them uh, uh, piecemeal. Okay. Thor is Funko Pop's uh, newest and final entry in its line of uh, Amazon exclusive The Avengers Victory Schwammer figures which also already included Bruce Banner's, Tony Stark, uh, Steve Rogers, uh, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Fans can now recreate a Funko Pop version of the iconic end credit scene from the 2012 movie, which depicts all of the Avengers post-battle, eating shawarma in silence. Uh, Thor is currently available for pre-order on Amazon and will be able to purchase on February 15th, 2022. Like the other Avengers featured in the set, Thor is priced at $19.99. Which means be prepared to see a markup of probably ten to fifteen dollars, twenty dollars more on Amazon, <laughs> closer to the fact. Uh, and you can see another version of them right there in the in the uh, if you're watching the video version. There you go. Next. Yeah, a set like that with that many Funko pops in, it's not going to be cheap. Right. So you know, let's just keep that in mind also. All right, next up, GameStop unveils a high-end Eternals collectible, quote, accessory set. Uh, fans of Marvel Studios Eternals will be able to own a replica of Thena's tiara, as well as their own Unimind bracelet from the forthcoming film. Um, fans will soon be able to secure their own Unimind bracelet or replica of Thena's tiara. GameStop will be releasing an exclusive jewelry collection gift box, which will cost $119 and comes with four pieces of jewelry and a certificate of authenticity. The full contents of the box include an adjustable size black night ring, Cersei necklace, um, an adjustable Thena's tiara, a hinged 65mm Unimind bracelet, all with a numbered certificate of authenticity. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder who is producing this stuff. I don't think it's Rock Love, which would be a shame because Rock Love is doing a, uh, a, a has been doing a bunch of these jewelry things with uh, Disney and Marvel. It doesn't say. I've been looking. Are you muted? Are you muted? Oh, I sure was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was about to say, yeah, it doesn't say. And uh, yeah, sometimes that happens. But we don't get to see who actually made it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but up, they usually so. do come out and say that it's Rock Love right away. So, Right, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, the Harvey Awards will induct five into its Hall of Fame. Excuse me. Um, so the Harvey Awards, the committee announced that they will induct five new members into the Harvey Awards Hall of Fame in 2021. The 2021 class of Harvey Awards inductees includes uh, Rumiko Takahashi from uh, Inuyasha fame, Bernie Wrightson from Swamp Thing, Jeffrey Catherine Jones, I almost wanted to say Catherine Zeta-Jones there for some reason, uh, from Creepy and Vamp. Pyrella fame, Barry Windsor-Smith uh, from Conan and Weapon X fame, and uh, Michael Collada from The Shadow and Starstruck. Uh, Takahashi released a statement thanking the committee for her induction. Um, and the article goes on from there. So, cool. Uh, 
next up. Uh, in news that we already kind of covered, Marvel's The Champions ongoing comic book series ended this week with October 6th Champions number 10. The news confirmed by Marvel Comics means the conclusion of the fifth volume of Marvel's Teen Team, which it dubbed the next generation of superheroes. Um, according to a source familiar with the situation, Champions number 10 was the planned ending of the series since the current creative team of writer Danny Lore and artist Luciano Vecchio were hired in 2020. As we said, it kind of played out that way with two with, with, with 10 issues of, and two five issue story arcs, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the death of Doctor Strange opens the door to a new Elsa Bloodstone comic. Uh, so yeah, apparently the death of Doctor Strange has or will, I guess. Um, well, I guess since it already started, has left a power vacuum inside the Marvel universe. Although, given the end of what happens, whatever. As various spells he enacted to protect the Earth from magical threats fell uh, when he did in Doctor Sh- Death of Doctor Strange number one, uh, I believe which we talked about what a year, uh, I about to say a year, um, a week or two ago. Since then, heroes like the Avengers and Spider Man have attempted to step up. Wait a minute, we have not seen anything else from this. So how? Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, so Avengers of Spider-Man has attempted to step up and bridge the gap, although we have not seen that in comic book form yet. But in January 12th, Death of Doctor Strange Bloodstone, one shot written by Timmy Howard and um, artist Iguara, uh, Elsa is stepping up to fend off magical invaders. But to do it, she'll need to find a way to work with her villainous brother, Cullen, uh, who describes himself in, in uh, Avengers Undercover number two as a cold-blooded weapons expert who hates people and periodically transform into a 10-ton indestructible man-eating soul beast, quote-unquote. Uh, according to, let's see, Tenny Howard, the death of Dr. Strange Bloodstone is a must-read for Bloodstone fans and a great introduction uh, to the family for curious readers. So, again, that'll be January 12th next year. Oh, wait. Uh, News around has confirmed that the, there's a mysterious new family member is a previously unknown sister who will make her debut in Death of Doctor Strange Bloodstone also. So, there you go. Next up. Next up, a very haunted Halloween, haunted mutant Halloween is coming in X-Men number four next week. So October 13th, X-Men number four will be a very special Halloween themed installment of Marvel's mutant flagship title from the preview that is released. uh, It's a bit of a haunted house tale with the house being the X-Men's newly created New York city headquarters, the Treehouse in Seneca in Seneca gardens. Okay. Sure. So some would say it's a treehouse of horrors. Oh no. Folks, that that Simpsons synergy is still going strong, apparently. Um, <laughs> how WandaVision's Cat Denning became death in Audible's uh, adaptation of The Sandman. Uh, fans of the uh, MCU recognize Cat Dennings as uh, Darcy Lewis, who made her debut. Ooh, you know where the hell she's from. Why do they keep doing this? Um, however, in the Audible adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, she plays a very different, beloved character. And she has a surprising story about how she came to the role. Uh, in a video posted on Audible's official Twitter, 
Dennings and Gaiman both share their numerous striking, uh, their memories, excuse me, of striking up a friendship online following Dennings' uh, 2011 tweet about studying lines while listening to Gaiman read uh, his line, reading his book Coraline. Uh, quote unquote, oh man, the story of meeting Neil Gaiman is so magical, said Dennings. Uh, and I think I just tweeted out to him about listening to him talking, memorizing lines and eating sushi, something like that. And he answered, it was like, what? What was, what, what, what? But, you know, you can picture her voice at this point. So, um, yeah, there you go. So apparently Kat Dennings is uh, BFS with Neil Gaiman and ended up being playing uh, Death in the Sandman Audible project. So, and you can check that out whenever that happens, if, if you know anything about that property. Next up. Uh, next up and last but not least, Star Wars Visions premiered on Disney Plus this pa- uh, last, uh, late last month. And, uh, you know, we talked about it before, but now, uh, the art of Star Wars Visions by Zach Davison is coming out. It's a 200 plus page book celebrating the anthology series. The art of Star Wars Visions features concept art, designs, and storyboards from the Star Wars Visions animation studios, including Kamikaze Duga, Studio Colorado, Geno Studio Trigger, uh, Kinema Citrus, Production IG, and Science Saru. Basically, this book will serve as a full-color companion to the animated series. Um, let me open up the article, unless you have it handy. You should have it handy. You could tell me how much... Uh, forty nine ninety nine, and it's uh, scheduled to come out April twelfth, twenty twenty two. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can pre order the book now through your local comic book shop or your favorite bookseller. Um, and if you've seen Star Wars Visions and you're a fan of anime, once again, you'll probably you know, get a kick out of the art from it. Also, uh, and that, folks, is the end of our news section, and we're rounding out the end of this here podcast, but first, one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night. You know what we read when it's getting late and we're tired. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the very top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free to our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And as we come to an end of another exciting episode of this here Comic Chronicles, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out, whether it be in audio form or live during the recording or hell, the video after the fact. You, you know, However you want to watch or listen and enjoy us talking about the week in comic book news and comic books and comic book movies, etc. However you want to enjoy it, we appreciate it. There it is, baby paw. Uh, with that, I have been Rodicat. Excuse me. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore 70 uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all the Umbrella sites therein. Uh, and maybe still 
of that vine replacement bite under comic reasonable files. I have no idea whether that's still a thing or not. Um, excuse me, Tim D O G G nine eight, the Osiris of this ish. Uh, you can find him at Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. You can find him at uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Uh, definitely go. You know, we should probably try to get a hold of that so we can tweet out from there when the show goes live. But that's probably something for later on. Anyway. Uh, you can also find Tim at the Click Nation on Twitter. That's V K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. But you can definitely find Tim uh, at uh, Comic Book Resources right in his face off at cbr.com. Go check that man's out, uh, uh, Tim Adams uh, on uh, at uh, CBR. Get up, get man some clicks. Go read the stuff. He does some good stuff over there. And we're not just saying that just because you know. He's a, he's a, he's associated with us. Right. Um, but you can find this here program on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast on your podcast, personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also find us, uh, once again, recording every Thursday night, normally on, um, well, normally at 9.30-ish p.m. Sometimes we get around a little late, you know, most times. On uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation, that's youtube.com slash The Click Nation, and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Yeah, and appreciate every, every, everybody for checking us out, whether you're lurking or not, and uh, appreciate the raid from earlier. Uh, thank you very much. Like I said, the, the, the vows will be up after the show. Uh, the video vows will be up after the show, and the auto will be up um, in a couple of days of the recording, usually on Sundays uh, at CSPN.us, like we said. And with that, folks, wait, you didn't have anything in Toy Corner or anything, did you? No, nothing in Toy Corner. Just giving, I should just uh, remind people that I will be at New York Comic Con this weekend. Uh, I'm only going to be in on Sunday, so it'll be a bit of a rush. But hopefully uh, everyone will have a good time this weekend. Stay safe. You know, keep, you know, respect everyone's social distance. Keep your mask on, especially when you're inside the convention center. And, uh, you know, we're all going to be vaccinated because we have to show vax proof to get in. So, you know, hopefully we can all have a good time and stay safe. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all be able to, uh, you know, enjoy a somewhat reduced show. But hopefully this will lead to a bigger and better show next year. Indeed. And we will, of course, talk about um, uh, what Age of 70 gets into on next week's show. Yes. So with that, folks, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. Oh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn.